Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The results are in. A survey of Inc. 5000 companies shows the top barriers to growth. It's taking finance too long to close the books. So slow to launch new products. We need to hire good people and keep them. Too many disconnected systems. I can't see what's happening in my business. Sounds like they've outgrown their business and financial management systems. QuickBooks and spreadsheets worked fine at the start, but now it takes twice the effort to get things done, and you can't get accurate answers. You should know the number one system for growing companies, NetSuite from Oracle. NetSuite is the one system that tracks and manages revenue, cash flow, HR, inventory, projects, even e-commerce for every industry. Now you can run your business from a dashboard on your phone. That's why thousands of companies use NetSuite. It's the only system you need to run your business. Go to netsuite.com slash fast to get your free guide called Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. That's netsuite.com slash fast. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Greetings. Welcome inside. Happy Wednesday. The Jason Smith Show with Michael Harmon. We're live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you. 15% 15% or more in car insurance. More information, visit geico.com. We have big baseball news. We're going to break down the Hall of Fame. We got four guys getting in. Mike Harmon's going to try to claim Jim Tomey as his own. Uh, what do you mean try? I got four years of his storied career. I got, I got three. Many a tale. 
I got three teams he had, deserves to be in ahead of more than the White Sox. You go to hell. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. He's mine. That's uh, Wow. Mr. Incredible is yeah. mine. No. Yeah, if you can claim Piazza, Smith. That is hey, right. Hey, Harmon's entitled. He had half his career with the Mets. Jim yeah, told me the had, suckier had a, half. Had I mean, a, it's a big day for the Baltimore Orioles as well, <laughs> as they claim both Vladimir Guerrero <laughs> and Jim Tomey. They had people wearing their Expos hats with pride today with Vlad the He Impaler goes in as an Expo, in. right? We're uh, having an argument here in the hallways. Yeah. The Angel fans are uh, outraged that we would suggest such a thing. Uh, we'll get to all that coming up in 15 minutes, but we have to start tonight with what transpired today as far as Larry Nasser and what's happened in the last hour at Michigan State. Larry Nasser was sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison Wednesday after a week of statements from more than 150 girls and women who said he sexually abused them. He was the official team doctor for USA Gymnastics and Michigan State as well. He cried during his sentencing, and the judge, Rosemary Aquilina, who sentenced him to this 40, 175 years in prison, did not feel bad about doing so. It is my privilege to sentence you to 40 years, the tail end, because I need to send a message. Sir, I'm giving you 175 years. I just signed your death warrant. I find that you don't get it. I've never heard a judge say anything like that in a court. I just signed your death warrant. You've heard things like that in movies. He, like that that is one of those chilling lines after all of this testimony and following this for the last couple of weeks just abhorrent uh, on so many levels uh the the actions of Nasser and just a lot of questions that flow out of it. The reason she sentenced him to that many is because just in case he comes up for parole somehow, and he's still alive. He wants, She wants those next set of charges to then kick in so there's no way he can get out of prison. She says, I believe in, in other chances and rehabilitation. I do not believe so in this case. You are going to prison for the rest of your life. And as she said, I just signed your death warrant. And she said it like she was like that line from Goodfellas, like he's giving out candy. I just signed your death warrant. And this is, I'm not, she didn't even do it with, with being upset, with emotion. Yeah. It was just, I sign your death warrant. Because you know what? When you molest 125 girls and they all come and testify and say what you did to them, this is what you deserve. So, look, this is not, there, there's no good that comes out of this story. It's only the justice that these girls are getting for his sentencing. There's nothing that's going to take back what he did to them. He was molesting them when they were as young as six years old under the guise of giving them treatment as as a doctor. There's no good. There's no good for anybody. It's just hopeful healing for these women who, who are very strong to come up and face him, and, and, and hopefully that will help them heal. And this is the part of the story legal legally that I'm glad to see justice done. Now, the late-breaking news in this tonight is that now Michigan State's president has announced her resignation. Luana Simon said she is stepping down as president of Michigan State following the Larry Nasser sentencing. Now, the reason this is a, this is a big deal is because now the NCAA is going to investigate Michigan State. 
after yesterday in which trustee Joel Ferguson made a statement that may have go, could go on record as maybe the worst statement in the history of statements. Something needed to happen. And now Michigan State's under investigation. There were calls for Luana Simon to resign. And they waited, they waited, they waited. Now finally she resigned. And this is what's got me about this whole thing all along, is that Michigan State, their attitude has been, you know, this Nasser thing happened, and I say Nasser thing specifically. This Nasser thing happened, but... You know, all right, we're dealing with it, but, uh, you know, th- this is not really our fault. I mean, that's re- that's been Michigan State's entire attitude has been, yeah, this happened, but, you know, really, is this is this on us? I well, mean, but that's, you know, but that's it, part of the whole is, Ferguson, is Ferguson quote, right? Exactly. It's very specific, saying that, look, Michigan State is so much bigger. There's so much going on. Like, no, 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 this is, this is huge. Well, this we, is, we have the same. Let, let's hear yeah, This was trustee Joel Ferguson who decided to go on WVFN in Lansing yesterday to talk about what was going on with Larry Nasser, And here's his statement about the entire saga and tragedy involving this story. There's so many more things going at the university than, than just this Nasser thing. I mean, you, when you go to the basketball game, you walk in that um, the New Breslin, and the person who, who hustled and got all those major donors to, to give money was Luana Simon. That, that may be the most tone-deaf statement I think I've ever heard. He also went on to say, we spent about 10 minutes in our big meeting last week talking about this. Out of five hours. Out of five. Ten minutes talking about this. Everything else is endowments, buildings, and admissions, and how the waiting list is bigger. That's when this Nasser thing became a trending thing yesterday. I mean, you call this Nasser thing. This is a guy that you employed that molested 125 girls over the course of his career. And there were complaints that came to Michigan State that somehow did not make it up as high as Luana Simon and other people. This is a Sandusky. This is a Baylor situation. And still, Michigan State the whole time was like, we're, we're keeping this at arm's length. This is not really going to touch us, right? Oh, my God. So by this philosophy, Joel Ferguson, I could go out and, and commit a whole bunch of crimes, right? I could go and rob a bank. I can go steal cars. I can burn down houses. And then he could go on the radio and say, you know, Jason Smith has a lot more going on than being a criminal. I mean, you know, he he, he gives a little bit to charity and he coaches his girls' soccer and softball teams. And, you know, he's, he's nice to his family and he, you know, he, he does things and he, he donates clothes to Goodwill all the time because, you know, he can't keep buying jeans all the time and holding on to them. He keeps giving away and giving away, which upsets his wife. But, I mean, that's really what he's saying is that, hey, we, we got all, a bunch of other stuff going on. And Luana Simon was a great fundraiser for us. She also presided over the biggest scandal and the biggest tragedy that school has seen. And the and, and in my life now in college, there's been three big scandals. And it's been Baylor, it's been this, and it's been Penn State. And still, their attitude is, yeah, you know, uh, we're doing what we can, but boy, you know, this wasn't our fault. NCAA investigation to follow. Nasser was retained by Michigan State nearly a full year after being let go from USA Gymnastics in 2015 after they'd learned of, quote, athlete concerns. And we saw woman after woman come up and give her account, um, and each one more harrowing than the next. And you're looking at policies and procedures, and for Michigan State, there's nothing learned at the collegiate level. You mentioned Baylor. You mentioned Penn State. That universities, you would have thought, behind closed doors immediately as all of those stories 
were covered extensively in the media that the teams in charge of each of these universities would hold dear what their charter is and put precautionary measures in place to prevent recurrences of this type of behavior. And yet, one after the next, you had people lining up, women lining up to tell their tales of what this man had been able to do under their watch, on their campus, and in conjunction with the the Caroli Ranch and and all of this, that the systemic negligence and turning away based on the results at at the beams and at the podiums, it's absolutely abhorrent on so many levels. You know, we talk about death penalty for football things, it yet it doesn't get applied here. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of those. No, this is really a death need to situation. look at this at a much larger and and much more uh, punitive scale yeah. just than because, we've ever seen. Just because it's not football doesn't mean it's not a death penalty type case. Because this is this is oh, this is overseeing the entire athletic program. And I get it's hard because you look at other sports. You're going to wait. You know the kids that didn't do anything. The way we play football, we play basketball. This is this is how bad this is. Well, and this is how bad. And, and in her statement, her state, yeah, yeah, her statement is laughable because this is why I say the whole time Michigan State's attitude has been. You know, you can't really tag us with this. We played you the Joel Ferguson statement a couple minutes ago. Here's part of Luana Simon's resignation letter that came out about uh, half hour forty five minutes ago. The last year and a half has been very difficult for the victims of Larry Nasser, for the university community, and for me personally. We want She wants everybody to know, hey, it's been tough for me. I don't give a crap about you. Really? It's tough for you? How is it tough? Really? It's tough for you? So you're, at, you're lumping yourself in with the university community and the victims. Things are as tough for you as they are for the victims. Wow. She has an overinflated sense of self. But it doesn't stop there. She goes on to say, as Nasser's legal journey to prison was drawing to a close, more and more negative attention was focused on Michigan State University and on me. Hey, I'm getting blamed for this too. You know why? Why is everybody? But oh my God, really, really? She she's worried about her ego and her legacy at this point when she should have been in court and watch 125 people come up and say, "Hey, this is what this guy did to me." You worry? Really worried about yourself? You really think you're on par? Well, how difficult it was for you as it was for these girls. And then she goes on to say this. As president, it is only natural that I am the focus of this anger. I understand, and that is why I've limited my personal statements. Hey, I, 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 I didn't do anything here. So, you know, I, I get you're angry. I'll allow you to blame me because I know you're angry, and I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll fall on the sword for you. I will be that person. You want to direct your anger. I'll, I'll, be, that, I'll be the martyr. In this situation, and I'll let you say, "Hey, hurl insults at me because I haven't done anything." But I'll take that for you. Now, now she's a hero. Now, now she's now she's basically saying she's a hero in her statement. I don't know how someone like this actually runs a university. I don't know how Michigan State's done so well. She's been involved in the school for forty years. I really don't know. I I I, I assume I know how she's done personally because that's really what she cares about in this. This this is amazing that this is the letter. When all, when all we're thinking about are victims, and it's say, what about me? 
What, what about me? Think about me. It's like in Jerry Maguire when 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 Jay Moore fires Jerry Maguire and Jerry's like, I'm fired? And 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 Jay Moore says, you know, what about me? No, I had to fire you all day. Think about somebody other than yourself, for instance. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, that's, that's so, how a university is so tone deaf. I don't understand. Well, but you add the, the stuff we got from the board of trustees and you add this statement. You have Tom Izzo who got his shiny new basketball arena and, and supported the president and his comments last week that you, you just roll it up into so many issues. She's been president or was president since 2005, and there are lawsuits and allegations going back as far as 1997. Michigan State is going to face a very large and exhaustive uh, research project by the NCAA to uncover every bit of this death penalty could be on the table for for the sports program for for the for the entire athletic department because of this. As Forget well that. Shut down the university. Oof. Forget the death penalty for this athletics. Is, you close the institution. This is. I, I mean, I can't. I, obviously, they always. You know, you hear the phrase, "The cover up is worse than the crime," but in this case, it's it's how horrible the crime was. And still, no responsibility is taken by Michigan State on this. They're still trying to push it off, like, yeah, this is this is this is yeah. He worked here, but I mean, I, I really didn't see him or know anything about. It. Yeah, death penalty completely on the table. Well, the ramifications to USA gym, gymnastics we've seen in terms of their sponsorship and support, uh, and and you've got one hundred twenty-five to one hundred fifty women that their lives are altered forever. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. We'll have more on this story coming up later on. But straight ahead, yeah, we get into a big debate. You want to know why the guys who made the Hall of Fame all made the Hall of Fame in Major League Baseball today? It was for one reason only. Find out what it is next on Fox. Devil music is devil music! The devils! Devil music! Add a little bit of... Good old Jim Ross there. And you got a by God slobber knocker going on. Brewers legend. (laughs) Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yes. We'll have more on Michigan State later on. But right now, got to talk Hall of Fame. Hell's Bells is in the Hall of Fame, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But today... Four players elected to Cooperstown, the class of 2018 in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Not two, not three. Chipper Jones, who would have gone down as the greatest player in Major League Baseball history had he only played against the Mets. Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, and Trevor Hoffman. Hell's Bells making it to the Hall of Fame. First things first. White Mike, Sox. My, hang on. I, that's why. For, first of all, when you go to his picture yeah. on the internet, right? We say, let's see the hitting, you know, the stats of Jim Tomey. He's in an Orioles hat. Well, that's where he finished. <laughs> all his stats. He's in an Orioles hat. You are going to try to claim Jim Tomey as yours for his four years in Chicago. When well, he, he spent, you said that like it's wrong. He, I, I, what? From, I'm a big fan. and From and, 91. To 2002 was Cleveland. Then he had his two, two of his three best seasons ever in Philadelphia, 
And then he was good with the White Sox. Then he was with the Dodgers, Minnesota, Cleveland again, Minnesota again, Baltimore, Philadelphia. So you know, then the last couple of years he was kind of a vagabond. The Dodgers. But you want to claim Jim Tomey as your own. Sure. You know what? I I I agree with you on this because it wasn't like you trying to claim Ken Griffey. No, he's still one of ours. No, he's not. Yeah, no. Dude, junior. 38 games. That's Come fine. on, man. Come on. No. Left you an indelible mark on all of our psyches and our souls. He fell for a moment, the- <laughs> For a moment, we had Griffey in our arms. Oh, st- really? Yeah. Really? 38 games. Yeah. You he looked magnificent in the pinstripes. I'll let you have, Tommy, because, look, he was 42-109, 35-96, 34-90, 23 before he got traded. No, I'll let you have Tommy. He was he was typical Jim Tommy those four years. That's that's fine. But you don't you can't get Ken Griffey. Why? No, you can't. Dude, you got to pick your battles, man. This is your battle. You get I Jim Tommy, that's fine. No, you can't. It makes me happy. You can't, so I, I'm taking both you of them. Can't, but, no, you can't. I'm you, not arguing that Ken Griffey Jr. should have gone into the Hall do you of Fame with do, a White Sox. Do you Sox get Tom hat. Seaver too? Yes. No, you don't. He get won three hundred with no, us. He did, but so that's no, it. No, that's no. That's what get. makes him immortal. No, three hundred was with us. White Sox on a sweaty Saturday afternoon. He won his three hundred yeah, game yes, with the White did. Sox. I, I watched it. He was my guy. He's my favorite player of all time. White you don't Sox get Tom Seaver. Legend. No, you don't get. Well, Tom then Seaver. you don't get Mike Piazza. Uh, Piazza spent half his career with the Mets. The crappier half. No, it was. It was the same. It was the other half of a great ah, career. He played like half. P- <laughs> what got to the World Series? How many World Series did he go to with the Dodgers? He took oh. a bat from Clemens. That was it. That's oh. why he's in. Nice. How'd that World Series work out for him? Uh, we came in second. All that back thing did him no good. Oh, stop. Oh. Wait, do you want him or not want of him? Of course I want oh, him. Now you want him. Back right. knee and all. He no, wants no, no, him. No, no. I get Piazza. You can get Jim Tomey. Frostburg can get you Darvish when he goes in the Hall of Fame. 21 days until pitchers and catchers report. <laughs> a lot of free agents still out there. Hot bed of activity to come here. It's World Series great, you Darvish. That's right. <laughs> he really did well for the opposition. The most valuable player of the World yeah, Series. There's no question you about it. For the Astros. You know, sure in, in today's parlance and what the NFL did in the playoffs, yeah. there should have been millions of dollars raised for you Darvish's charities. <laughs> <laughs> right, based on what yeah, we did with no, all of right. these, right. these quarterbacks, and dear you, thanks for and everything else. Thanks for tipping your pitches in Game Two and Game Seven, so we can win it all. <laughs> uh, what charities do you uh, do so we can send you some money? I kind of like this trend of everybody it's sending pretty, money. That's the best Mike, story Mike of the Zim- NFL season. Mike Zimmer's charity has over seven thousand dollars from Eagles fans who feel bad about how the Vikings and their fans were treated in Philadelphia. So now it's not just fans stealing Vikings hats and urinating on them, and fans running into subway poles. Now some Philadelphia fans are going, you know, we have to make sure we take care of Zimmer. You know, he's a good head coach, and, and you know, he brought in that team, and he lost his quarterback too, just like we did. But you know. You know, but he carried himself with class, and they, you know we won that game. So I, wherever he is, I'm going to give some money to him. Nice. Well, we I like the, that trend. It's, it's a good trend. We had the Dalton story. We had the Thomas Morstead because uh, he, he was the first guy to come back out just mm-hmm. so they could kneel down for the extra point. You had the Sean Payton stuff with the furniture and donations <laughs> and everything else flowing through. So it's it's been a good trend and one of the most positive stories of the NFL season. But now, yes, I'm taking Jim Tomey. You can have Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey. 612 home runs. All right, it's hard to argue against Jim Tomey and those high socks he would wear. Oh, yeah. I'd let you wear those socks Throw all the back, way up past his knees. That was smiling, awesome. and love going to the ballpark. Nope, nope. That's not a low strike because Tomey's socks are all the way up at his knees. It's not a strike. 
Look, Trevor Hoffman is probably the second best closer of my lifetime behind Mariano Rivera. He's probably, I mean, in my life, I saw the birth of the great closer and Bruce Suter and Raleigh Fingers and, you know, Eckersley. I was too young for a lot of those guys. Um, uh, you know, Suter and, and Fingers, obviously, because it was late seven. I was just getting into baseball well, then. Gossage. You know, Gossage yeah, was yeah. great. I see Gossage a lot because he played for the Yankees being in New York. Yeah, Walt you know, said, watch him. And Eckersley, Eckersley is right there, too. You know, he had a couple of bad meltdowns in the in the World Series. But his was half a career as a starter well, and people, half a career as a closer. People forget the starter He was really good career. as a starter. Exactly. Well, no love for Billy Wagner? So, oh, slinging Billy? Who Billy didn't Wagner. love Billy? Slinging Billy. I, Billy Wagner is 5'2", and he can throw the ball 99 miles an hour. That's just so incredibly awesome. I wish I could do that. Uh, but Chipper Jones gets in, and Chipper Jones clearly a Hall of Famer. Only an All-Star 8 out of 19 seasons, so basically every other year he was good enough to be an All-Star, but still his level of excellence was phenomenal for his career. And Vladimir Guerrero had a 10-year span where he was one of the top three most dangerous hitters in baseball the entire time. But why are all four of them in? Especially when you look at the percentages. Chipper Jones, 97.2% of the vote. I mean, Chipper Jones is great, but 97% of the vote, you know why? Because all of these guys have one thing in common besides achieving on the field. Off the field, they all have great reputations. They never got in trouble. Chipper Jones only got in trouble on social media, on Twitter a couple of times, going back and forth with somebody who wanted to fight him. But look at these guys. Hoffman, Tommy, Guerrero, Chipper Jones. They enjoyed great reputations from fans and the media. Chipper Jones, never in trouble. Vladimir Guerrero was fun. Bad ball hitter. He played for the Expos, played for the Angels. It was fun to see his highlights. Didn't never use batting gloves. You, you, you couldn't throw him a pitch he couldn't hit. You couldn't throw him down and away. You could hit that for a home run. He had you could, a great, you could throw a 52-footer. And he could still and hit he, And he would swing it out like he was playing cricket. And told me the same way. All the PED scandals that were going on in baseball, he was never touched by them. Hoffman played for the Padres. You felt bad for Trevor Hoffman because every year he was great and the Padres sucked, except for 1996. But that's a big deal, and that is so underrated, is that if you enjoy a great reputation – off the field, fans, media, when it comes to it, you're going to get that extra push. Look at guys like Bonds and Clemens that are still fighting. We'll have more on them coming up in a few minutes. But guys who aren't, not that you have to be friendly with the media, but if you don't have a great image, it's hard. you make it harder for yourself to get in. I mean, look at all these guys. Look at some of the guys, the questionable guys that got it. Craig Biggio, great image. Never got in trouble, Never nothing off the field his entire 20-year career. He had 20 years of playing well. You know, he was very good, but because he played second base for 20 years and got 3,000 hits, he's in the Hall of Fame. Look at all these guys with high percentage votes where you go, I don't know. They all have that in common. They all have great reputations, and all the great reputations guys are going in. Look who's having trouble, Edgar Martinez. Is it because Edgar Martinez is a bad guy? No, but his reputation is he's only a designated hitter. So he gets a lot of uh, anti-Edgar Martinez from fans and from the media because, no, he didn't play the field he shouldn't go in. You have a great reputation, whether it's on, off, and you get the benefit of the doubt. It's really that simple. You make things a lot easier on yourself when that's who you are. And now, look, the pearly gates of the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown have opened for all of these guys because they all enjoy that. Well, you look at Chipper Jones. When, when I saw the 97.2% scratch my head, knew he's getting in, right? That was if – you, if you're going through and saying, all right, who's going first ballot or, or who's getting in during this, this 2018 voting – he was the the given, 
Vladimir Guerrero, you assumed as well. I think the other two, I was surprised that Tommy was as high as he was, but shows that. 600 home runs he, is still 600 but, home runs. But yeah. again, 600 home runs has yeah. had a, a cloud. And somehow Jim Tomey's been able to walk right by and, and wave. And, and a Jim Tomey is my is, homie. Is that guy that, <laughs> that, look, it was positive story after positive story of interactions with Jim Tomey. People wrote, you know, newspaper men had written a story about him, got, got an interview. Hey, make sure a copy of that gets to my parents. You know, those kind of mm-hmm. things along the way. So, and, and I know in Chicago, I mean, he still works as an ambassador for the club, and they, they uh, tweeted out and put out a bunch of releases just saying, look, he's one of ours mm-hmm. <laughs> because he was that big in the community and made himself and immersed himself in the city for the time that he was there. With Chipper Jones, just a, a given. And for you as a Mets fan, you you know all too well uh, the numbers he put up. Uh, I, I can claim Chipper Jones, can I? Yeah. Because the he Mets owned, got him into the Hall of he Fame. He technically owns yeah, you. Mets so got him in. He goes into the ownership wing with that. <laughs> and Hoffman, I mean, it's, it's excellence. And the music helps define him. Because when you hear it, those opening strains, you know it's Trevor Hoffman time. What about the guys who didn't get in? Specifically names that rhyme with Schmemmons and Schmans. We'll have that coming up in a minute. But right now, a man who always is on top of everything. And I would vote for my own personal Hall of Fame. I mean, after not voting for five years. What about years, the Radio Hall of Fame? I want well, to be there with P.O. Lean and those guys. I, yeah, I would wait a couple years and vote you in on Veterans Committee. Veterans, <laughs> okay. It's Tom Looney. Well, at least I'll get in. Hey, with Keith Jackson dead and Dick Kenberg dead and Pat Summerall dead, the most pedigreed national sports broadcaster in America, it could be argued, is Bob Costas. And NBC has told Bob Costas to drop dead. Oh, yeah. my! Uh, when NBC announced their Super Bowl coverage team, Bob's name was missing. As Dr. Leo Marvin's wife would say, what about Bob? What about Bob? Well, some would say Bob is missing because Bob was recently quoted as saying, football destroys people's brains. So when you say stuff like that, NBC doesn't allow you to host the Super Bowl on NBC. Bob previously hosted NBC's Super Bowl coverage in 2009, 2012, and 2015, but not anymore, Dan Patrick. We'll host it. Some fat cats, some grand poobah, a cheap suit from the Baseball Hall of Fame of Cooperstown, New York, announced today that these four guys, these four baseball players, will be in the hall this summer. Trevor Hoffman, Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, welcome to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And now, more Tom Seaver talk, more Kiner's Corner, uh, with Jason Smith <laughs> and his cricket partner, Michael Harmon, on Fox Sports Radio. You know, I was a big fan of Kiner's Corner. Oh, yeah. I was I, a huge fan of Kiner's I've never been Corner. called a cricket before. <laughs> I mean, I've I, been called a lot of things <laughs> in this chair and on social media for certain. I loved your cricket reference earlier. <laughs> nice. I like that. Uh, right now, India leads Pakistan uh, 369 and a quarter to 197 and a half. But go back and watch Vladimir Guerrero left. highlights. <laughs> Any legitimate Vladimir Guerrero highlight reel has him hitting at least three balls that bounce in the dirt. Oh, that's a oh foot off God, the yes. ground. That, that's what he was. That's what Vladimir <laughs> Three Guerrero feet outside, was. somehow his bat's long <laughs> enough to make contact. That's the same, the same size as Looney's microphone. Thank you nice so much. Thank you, Mr. Looney. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Well, just uh, like your guy, Mike Piazza, who would yeah. hit balls out of the catcher's mitt. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that pitch already by him? Why is it sailing into the right field seats? All right, so you're claiming Jim Tomey. Yeah. I'm claiming Chipper Jones because okay. he got in the Hall of Fame because he was so good against the Mets. But who didn't get in? 
Roger Clemens, who got picked on 57% of the ballots, and Barry Bonds, 56% of ballots. This is nothing new, as both of these players have been tainted by the steroid scandal. They're moving up a little bit in voting totals, but not close enough to the 75% mark. They started out at 22, 25, now they're getting higher. And this is what I completely disagree with. This is why I always say the one group of voters in the world I can't trust are people who vote for awards for baseball. Oh, by the way, Rob Parker joining us in 45 minutes. So the one people, group of people I can't trust is because baseball voters always vote with agendas. Whether it's Rookie of the Year, MVP, they don't vote for the best player. They always feel, okay, I'm putting my own spin on it. Because I don't believe so-and-so he has an advantage because he was came up, he was 25 years old as a rookie compared to this guy who was 21 years old. But this is what I don't like. If you don't believe Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are Hall of Famers because of the steroid scandal, fine. That's great. Don't vote for them. Don't vote for them. But they can't, you can't stand up and say, okay, I'm gonna not vote for them for a couple of years as part of my personal protest, and then I'll vote for them. No, that's not your job. Either this guy's a Hall of Famer or he's not. And this is what's happening now is many people are saying, okay, I'm okay with him being in the Hall of Fame. And so a full quarter of the voters have gone from I'm not voting for him to now I'm going to put him on my ballot because he's either served enough time or, you know, my personal protest is over. And that's stupid. Either a guy gets in or a guy doesn't. I understand the whole Veterans Committee, guys falling through the cracks. You want to do a favor for somebody who is 75 years old. It's the greatest thing in the world if I could get into the Hall of Fame. All right, I'm not crazy about it because now you're talking about a guy being a Hall of Famer 40 years after he was on the ballot or 20 years after he was on the ballot, and because a couple people remember him or you feel bad he gets in, that's one thing. But these are guys that are doing things you know, with agendas. And 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 this is wrong. People who anybody that's changing votes like this should have their vote taken away because this is not. You're voting for does this player deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? And nothing has changed in the last three years other than we're a little bit further away from the steroid scandal. This is why I, I can't trust baseball voters. Now, in 2017, they voted the Baseball Writers Association of America voted 80 to nine to make every voter's Hall of Fame ballot public starting in 2018. So we should be able to go back there. We, obviously, we don't have the, except for doing your research, just like mm. you did with those penalty numbers. How awesome it's, was that? It's time to go through everybody that, that voted. We've got a couple hundred of those, so it's, it's going to take you through the weekend. You're not going to be able to coach soccer, I'm sorry to say. You have to take the weekend off. Uh, it's just all-star week for both of our daughters, buddy. This is a big, this is a big weekend. Uh, you're us. out. You're out. You've got, I'm giving you a research project right now. <laughs> That's, you're like the teacher that gives homework on a Friday. No, and I would. And, uh, this paper needs to be due on Monday morning on my desk at 9 o'clock. And, and that's what I'm telling you right now, is that we need to go back, and for those who have disclosed in the past their their ballots, we need to find out how many of them have now shifted. Because we know there have been a, a little bit of turnover in terms of who's actually voting. I'd like to have that number at my disposal as well. So if you can figure that out, and we'll ask Rob Parker this, in about a half hour from now when he joins us, is how much has that turned over to where you're looking at people coming at it from a different lens versus what is perceived to be, well, the the crusty older guys say, well, you don't belong in my hall, at least not first, second, third year. Let's make you sweat it out. Because we're talking about a couple hundred grand to a couple million dollars over the lifetime of being, quote, snubbed because of autograph. Mm. 
and, and inscription opportunities that go through for all those multi-signed items and endorsement deals, et cetera. So you're, you're talking about a lot of cash that's being withheld here as well. But I'd be curious to see how much of that has shifted just in terms of who's voting as much as just the attitude has changed. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you could save on auto insurance. We'll have more baseball coming up. We'll continue to debate this throughout the show. I say we can't trust baseball Hall of Fame voters. We're going to have one on in, in about a half hour, as you said. We're gonna, well, but that's okay. Fun. Rob Parker, <laughs> is he and I go back a long ways. He'll be ready, ready for this because he's also ready for his – He'll talk about the load again. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Yeah, because Tom Brady's going back to the Super Bowl. So Tom we'll Brady's sure never throw been that in as well. But coming up next, speaking of the Super Bowl and guys who were crusty and upset, the game is 11 days away, and already Bill Belichick is pissed off because of what was asked today at his press conference. I hate that song. You'll hear it <laughs> coming up next on Fox. If you want to be negative, be negative. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer was built to save you time and money by allowing you to compare multiple quote options all online. So head to Progressive.com today and see if you can save. Five-second dance party. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Uh, I hate should, that song. Should we go live right now to Rocky Three? Uh, Rocky is fighting Clubber Lang the Rocky Marathon going on on AMC, and I, I can we can we allowed to go live to boxing? Guys, yeah, I think it's everything except for. Hang on, that's Rocky Four. That's the next one. That's four. This is three. This is two. That's, that's a look ahead. The spoiler because we haven't even had the fight promoted yet and announced and and everything. You've already gone into the action, Harmon. What was the money line on the fight? Money line on this one. Rocky was still a prohibited favorite. The young upstart Clubber Lang. Uh, would have been getting plus three hundred, I think, in this one. No doctors in the uh, in the locker room for Mickey when he gets you know run into because Clubber Lang wants to Too you soon. know Too cause soon. it. No, I, I think we could talk about this. This is a big no, thing. It's a now. sad moment. I, no, it's a very big deal. It's uh, it certainly took the champ off his game and led to the upset. Those in the know were able to get a nice price. Because they had the insider knowledge. I, 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 I just don't know how Clubber Lang avoided charges because he started that scrum that caused Mickey to get knocked over, have a heart attack, and die You know, during the fight. Yeah, he was acting like an Eagles fan. He, oh, no, no, it is part of the fight wow. game. No horses <laughs> no. were harmed in the making of Rocky. No, one, no one's punching horses anymore. That, that, was, that, was, that was last week. No one's pun- we have no more games in Philadelphia now. There's no one can punch. What, you don't think that they travels? punch horses now. You don't think no. they want to punch somebody else? The loser goes on the fight. No, that is true. You try to punch a Clydesdale in Minnesota, it's not going to work out well for you. It's not going to. We're going to keep giving money to Zimmer's charities. We're going to do that to try to make up for what happened. It was entertaining, though, to watch the number of people that tried to get on radio shows, the sports television, and any news person that would put a microphone near them to say, We're good people! <laughs> Except Hello. for that guy, that guy, and that whole group over there, they got problems. Look, of all the residents here in Philadelphia, I would say 54% of us are good. So that's like more than half. So, you know, realize if you're going to make fun of a population, you know, over half of us are good people. But speaking of the Super Bowl, 
The game is 11 days. Hang on, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Today's Friday. He's literally counting on his his panda-like hands. 11 days away, and already Bill Belichick is pissed off. I'm not on snap face and all that. We find out that Rob Gronkowski is in concussion protocol following his injury in the AFC Championship game. His status is up in the air. He's got to be evaluated as time goes on. When Belichick was asked about that at his press conference today, he really, really did not want to talk about it. Can you give us an update on uh, Rob Gronkowski? Has he finished his concussion protocol? Do you expect him to play? Yeah, we'll be compliant with the NFL injury report. and When that's our card, we'll put it on. When is that process completed, finished? When's what process finished? The concussion report, the... Uh... Whatever the, whatever his situation is, whatever his status is, that we'll put it on the injury report. We'll make sure you're the first one to get it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Do you expect yeah, him to not, play? not a problem. Do you expect him to play? We'll, we'll put it right on the injury report, and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> okay. Just like everybody else does. We'll make sure you're first on the list, Steve Station. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't want to hold anything back here. Get that out there right I know, away. I know. I don't. You don't. <laughs> Put that out there right away. I love at the end, Belichick's like, all these idiots asking questions that they know I can't answer. You can say anything you want to, but now, oh, no, it's you asking the wrong question. We'll make sure you get a copy of it. Well, I like the note about the compliance with the NFL's ridiculous injury policy. An injury report policy. When can you tell us? Yeah, well, we'll we'll, uh, be compliant. uh, When's that due? That's Uh, due next Wednesday? Make sure you get a copy of that. Maybe next Thursday? Okay, we'll make sure we... Yeah, let me get your Twitter account. I'll tweet it right out to we'll you. We'll make sure it happens. I mean, yeah, don't worry. You'll 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 get our inactives ninety minutes before the game and not a minute before. Hey Gronk, thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> I, mean, I love I love how at the end he was like exasperated, like, yeah, yeah. What a stupid question. All these guys ask stupid questions. He asked an update on Rob Gronkowski. Like that's so out of the realm well, be- of what should be asked. But you know it became an. Abbott and Costello routine. Yeah, well, you'll be the first to get it. Hey, well, make sure you're first on the list too. So. Uh, you know what? You know what I think should happen now with him. And we had Greg Popovich last night, who feigned outrage when he was asked, "Hey, what'd you tell LeBron after point number thirty thousand? And Popovich said, "None of your business." Any more questions? I want. Now. I wish they would have asked Pop, "What did you think of LeBron's self congratulatory message?" Anyway, go- what do you think of Dave Kingman's performance, uh, Tommy? <laughs> This is what I want to happen now because this is what uh, this is what sports writers and reporters are definitely okay to do. Anytime someone answers a question like that stupidly, because that's what Belichick and, and Pop do, just keep taking turns asking the same question. Man, we got any more questions? All right, Nick in the back. Yeah, co- Coach, you got an update on Rob Gronkowski? Uh, just cover that. I just in the front. Hey, Bill, you have an update. Give me an update on Rob Gronkowski. Will he play? Will he not? I said, why do you keep asking me that? You, it, over here in, in, in the side. In, in the Are you going to try to break him like Colonel Jessup? No, every single, everybody asks to say, you want to be a jerk? We'll, we'll be jerks. We're going to ask you the same question until you walk away from the podium. You want to upset us and embarrass us, then I'm going to do the same thing. Then we thing get to you. start adding the over under on press conferences. If guys ask questions that were out of the realm of good taste or something that guys can't talk about, I get it. Update on Rob Gronkowski. He didn't practice today. Um, you know, we're hoping he's moving forward. But instead, no, I just want to be a jerk and shut this down. Now, yeah, to, be fair, to be fair, at this point in the process, this is, this is Wednesday. 
And as you did on your panda hands, you got 11, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 11 Saturday, days. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, right, you got 11 Wednesday, days Saturday, left. Saturday, Sunday, 11. Which means. No, 12. Have... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 12. So a full 12. I did it twice. So counting today. You 12. Got, you got 12. So the idea being, at this point, you know he's not telling you anything, but this is one of those on your checklists of, oh, yeah, we got to ask about Gronk. You're just trying to get it on the record. That's it. You know you're not getting an answer. So it's almost a why bother asking except to check a box. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Hey, 12. <laughs> Coming up next, we get back into the biggest story in sports, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon here on Fox. I don't want to hold anything back here. Get that out there right I know, away. I know, I know you don't. Hour two of the program. We're live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. I'm Jason, the man on my left. My best friend, Mike Harmon. And if you miss any of the show, as always, you can download it. Go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, FoxSportsRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to the whole show, parts of it, all of it, a little bit, a lot, whatever you want. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, FoxSportsRadio.com, the iHeartRadio app. It goes up right after the show is over. Listen, rate us, give us five stars. We'll love you for the rest of our lives. Big debate last hour. We talked about the Hall of Fame. Four new players going in. We got more on that with Rob Parker coming up in about 20 minutes. Bill Belichick is already pissed off. And there's still Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 12 days until the Super Bowl. Nicely done. I, I count That's on my good. hands sometimes. Well, I was unsure if it was really 11 or 12. And so I just figured the best way to do it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What's well, the question of whether you count today since... Technically, it's Thursday already. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, well, so are Wednesday. Are you counting Wednesday? Are you not counting Wednesday? <laughs> right now, we got the Clippers and the Celtics. Celtics with an 11-point lead early third quarter. We got hockey on. We've got some boxing. Some of the great pugilists of our time getting ready to, to throw down. So a lot of stuff happening here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where I'm still celebrating. Chicago White Sox Hall of Famer, Jim Tomey. Uh, we'll have more on that, again, coming up in a few minutes. But this quick update from the NBA. Right now, we talked about Boston and the Clippers right now. Early in the third quarter, Boston leads the Clippers 66-55. Playing without Marcus Smart tonight. Why? Because he cut his hand on glass at the team's hotel. Celtics coach Brad Stevens said the team is investigating how Smart, who went to a hospital to get stitches, Injured himself on Wednesday afternoon. I doubt it was Rex Burkhead's helmet. But I like how Steven says we're investigating how he got stitches. Not he got stitches, he cut it on the glass. We're investigating as to how Marcus Smart got stitches and cut his hand. That's a very interesting thing to say there. This is not, hey, he cut his hand. You know, hopefully he's all right. I don't know. We'll talk after the game. I think they were doing a little backyard wrestling in a hotel room. Investigating. Someone got thrown through a glass table. Ding dong. He opens the door. Oh, my God, it's the Undertaker. <laughs> uh, so, again, we'll keep you updated on that if we find anything out. Uh, again, 68-55 now. Boston leads the Clippers midway through the third quarter. There's no way to cut this up. The Larry Nasser story is awful. Nasser was sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison earlier today for criminal sexual conduct involving more than 100 girls and women over more than two decades. This has been a huge front-burner story the last few days, not only in sports but in the world itself. Over 100 women testified 
against him that he molested them, some as young as the age of six, under the guise of giving them medical treatment. Now, remember, he's already got he's already what, got sixty years sixty years for child, for child pornography. pornography before you get into the hundred fifty plus victim statements. This is one of the on worst the people to ever walk the earth. Is Larry Nasser, and today he was sentenced forty to one hundred and seventy five years for this. It was shocking to see this, and. When I saw this story break, I'm like, wow, 175 years. What? Had, what? 175 years. Well, luckily for us, we knew exactly why. Judge Rosemary Aquilina made the announcement as to just how she arrived at that number for Larry Nasser. It is my privilege to sentence you to 40 years, the tail end, because I need to send a message. Sir, I'm giving you 175 years. I just signed your death warrant. I find that you don't get it. The way she says, I've just signed your death warrant, without a lot of emotion, without a lot of, I've just signed your death warrant. It's just, I've signed your death warrant. You're a horrible person. One of the worst people ever to, to walk the earth. It's hard to find, you know, I mean, people worse than him. This is this is a guy that's committed crime after crime after crime, who actually said the other day, hey, can I not sit in court and face my accusers? Yeah, it's, it's very difficult for me. He's going to prison as long as he is because the judge said the reason you're getting this 40, 175 years is because just in case something crazy happens and you come up for parole, I want everybody to know there's no way I ever want you back on the street, and so that's why I'm tacking on all those extra years to the end of your sentence. You are never going to see the outside of a prison again. And saying, I've, I've signed your death warrant. Just like, like she's saying, she could, the way she said it could have been, I'm releasing you on your own recognizance. That was the same time. I'm going to go to the store and pick up a, a gallon of milk after I'm done. I'm signing your death warrant. I mean, that's what this guy deserves for the heinous crimes he committed. That is, I don't think there's anybody who who has any kind of differentiation and and disagrees with, with that. But the real story now, because there's no good that comes of this. All there is is justice for these women who hopefully this is part of the healing as they testified earlier today, the day before, all parts of the last week, that this helps their healing. It's never going to get their childhood back. It's never going to get never going to get any of that back. So like I said, none of this is good, but I hope the only hope is that this helps the healing. This helps with closure for this situation. But now the NCAA is investigating Michigan State because of this. And if you don't think a wide-ranging death penalty for sports is on the table, you're not paying attention. This is not football. But it's the athletic department. Larry Nasser was the team doctor for USA Gymnastics and at Michigan State University, treating patients either at Caroli Ranch, at Michigan State. And the entire time this Nasser trial has been going on, Michigan State's attitude has been, hey, it's not really our fault. This is not, this is not, really, it's not really on us. I mean, he worked here and stuff, but you know, you can't really blame us, even though there's already – reports that people complained and filed complaints about Nasser years ago and they quote never found their way to the top of the food chain 
at Michigan State. It was yesterday that trustee Joel Ferguson decided to go on WVFN in Lansing and want to stand up for Michigan State University in the wake of the Larry Nassar trial and this tragedy. And his tone deafness, I, I this may be one of the worst statements I think I've ever heard. There's so many more things going at the university than, than just this Nassar thing. I mean, you, when you go to the basketball game, you walk in that um, the New Breslin, and the person who, who hustled and got all those major donors to, to give money was Luanna Simon. So, so she was a good fundraiser. The president of Michigan State, Luanna Simon, under fire to resign for this. And here's a trustee saying, we got more stuff going on at Michigan State than this Nasser thing. So I'm trivializing oh, between 100 and 150 women who were molested by him over the course of the last 20 years. But we got other stuff going on. That's like saying, you know, yeah, you know, so-and-so can rob a bank and steal cars and do that. But, you know, they've they, they got a lot of other stuff going on, too. You know, he, he's got a pretty good job and he gives a lot of money to charity. So we got a lot of stuff going on. They have treated this like it's an inconvenience, and they shouldn't be on the hook for this. When, as we're seeing, the NCAA is now coming to investigate because of this. The late-breaking development tonight was Luana Simon finally has resigned as president of Michigan State. And I don't know how an entire university can be so tone-deaf, but somehow Michigan State figures that out. In her resignation letter, I'm going to read you a little bit of what Luana Simon said. The last year and a half has been very difficult for the victims of Larry Nasser, for the university community, and for me personally. So in the first sentence, she's saying she's equating how tough it was for her as Larry Nasser's victims. Yes, it's been equally as tough for you as it's been for all these girls growing up and what they've gone through their life. Well, I've had Think to go and me. answer questions about this stuff when I'm trying to get checks for basketball arenas. <laughs> She has such an inflated opinion of herself that she inserts herself into this. Here's another sentence. As Nasser's legal journey to prison was drawing to a close, more and more negative attention was focused on Michigan State University and on me. Think about me. I'm getting negative attention. I don't care about you. Why should I care about you? You ran a university for a long time and allowed this guy to practice when clearly things had gone on and you allowed him to practice after he got let go by USA Gymnastics and you still allowed him to practice at Michigan State. 16 months still at Michigan State while active investigations uh, were ongoing and after he had been released, relieved of duties from USA Gymnastics because of allegations. The last sentence I want to read you from her resignation statement is this. As president, it is only natural that I am the focus of this anger. I understand, and that is why I have limited my personal statements. In other words, I'm the martyr. I mean, I know as the president of this university, I'm visible, and so I'm going to get a lot of anger, but I'm okay with that. I will take that because I feel bad for you. Wow. I don't know how this woman's run a university for this long with that kind of attitude, this kind of me-first attitude she has. I mean, real that she's so worried. Hey, I, you can't really blame me and think about me for a second. I mean, that that's her resignation letter. I know that this has been 40 years of her life, and now this is her legacy, and this is what she's going to be known for. She was the president when Larry Nassar, everything was going on at Michigan State, and that's a very difficult thing. I, I agree. I agree with that. But to come out with it, make it about yourself, how about a nice short statement saying, you know what, I, I, I can't continue on. This has been horrible for so many people. I want the university to get a fresh start. But no, no, I want to feel the need to equate myself 
with the victims and then say that there's been negative attention on me and and uh, like she's looking for sympathy on this. They have no idea how to handle this and they still want to dodge responsibility for it. I'm telling you, death penalty athletic programs are going to be on the table as the NCAA investigates this. Well, it certainly needs to be looked at because you think about all of the data that's come out and the court documents. You had a former Michigan State University gymnastics coach, Kathy Clagies, is how we'll we'll call the surname, uh, reportedly was aware of allegations going back all the way to 1997. So we're, we're talking a full 20 years of investigation and people being treated by Dr. Nasser in, in this process. And you've got 150 women that came forward and spoke. How many more didn't that mm-hmm. had gone through those hallways and had been treated from other parts of the, the athletic program, not necessarily specific to gymnastics and, and the U.S. national team? And just going on down the line, that it would make sense that you've had a lot of people from – the USA Gymnastics side of things, where they've lost a lot of sponsorship, and certainly that was the pride and joy and of all the the advertising campaigns and and all of the the marketing for Olympic purposes, the the last several rounds of the Olympic Games. That you know you've you got a big thing there, and, and certainly the the program has to go through an over overhaul. But you've got a lot of other people that now need to be questioned in this process that were part uh, of things at the, the Caroli Ranch and everything, but then going back into the university itself where we start uncovering a, a spider web of people who knew along the way. And, and as we're talking about this, it's showing once again the college, the hubris of academic institutions thinking that they can push things and keep it at arm's length and, and as long as they're operating the rest of their university well and winning games, that everybody will continue to look the other way. Not in the Me Too and the Time's Up movement. It all converges at, at this moment. And right now, Michigan State, Tom Izzo included, in a very bad spot. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Trust me, death penalty should be on the table. For this, this is this is Baylor. This is Penn State. This is as bad as it gets. And Michigan State wanted to say, "Hey, not my fault. This is not. You can't really blame us, can you? I mean, really, you want to blame us?" We'll have more on this story coming up later on in the show. But straight ahead, we're going to talk Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. We have four new members in. We'll talk to a voter to find out just why he went the way he did. We'll get into Bonds and Clemens and all kinds of fun stuff next on Fox. I hate that song. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Eventually, we're going to find a song Bill Belichick likes. Oh, I know the exact song he's going to like. I know it. I know it. We'll play it later on this hour. Sweet. I I found it. He's going to love it. Are we going back to Christmas carols? Shh, don't give anything away. It's called a tease. I'm sorry. We now have four new members in Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame. Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, Jim Tomey is my homie, are all in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Edgar Martinez fell just short. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens polling around 55%. Our next guest set to join us on the hotline right now. 
Hall of Fame voter, Fox Sports 1 analyst. Catch him on Undisputed, Fox Sports Radio as well, columnist at the Shadow League, TSL. You can see him. He's got his ballot right up there. He is our buddy, Rob Parker. What's happening, Rob? Hey, guys. How you doing? Dominating. Doing good, man. Doing good. Always. Big day for you. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, oh, of course. Come on, Rob. You and I, we still have to finish our conversation about how great a coach Jim Beheim is because I know you don't believe in that. But then we'll do that another <laughs> That's time. That's right. Not when, you win, not when you win one championship in 40 years. <laughs> Sorry. All right, well, let's get, to the hall of, let's get to the Hall of Fame here. We saw the four players get in today. The first thing I want to I ask you as a Hall of Fame voter is this. The one thing they all have in common is they all have incredibly great reputations, not just on the field, but off the field. Tommy, Chipper Jones, the only thing he ever did was want to get in a Twitter fight with somebody and you know, who insulted him on Twitter. You know, Vladimir Guerrero, everybody universally loved him. Trevor Hoffman. How much does having that good image tilt the scales for you one way or another? Because look, I see a guy like Chipper Jones who's a Hall of Famer, but man, ninety seven percent on on a ballot, that's a lot. How how much does a good reputation help you when it comes to being elected? I don't, yeah, I don't think it hurts you, but it doesn't get you into the Hall of Fame if you don't, if you're not that player. And uh, you know, I, I think right now what's happening as well is, you know, people are a little overcompensating because of the steroid era. And I think some guys, it, it's it's very weird to me, in that um, uh, the last couple of Votes, you know, with Tim Raines, you know, 15 years for Tim Raines to get in. I did not vote for Tim Raines. I didn't think that was last year. Uh, I didn't vote for Vlad. I didn't vote for Edgar out of the guys who made it in. I voted for the other three. And I, I think the writers, to a certain extent, I know a lot of people think that the writers hold grudges and they and, and they don't vote for people who who aren't cool to them or, you know, work with them or whatever, and, and, and that's why people don't get in. I always stop people to remind them that Barry Bonds won uh, seven MVPs and the writers voted for all seven. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and Bonds wasn't nice to us. So I, I really think that most of the writers take it very seriously. It's, it's about who deserves to be in based on mostly their numbers being a nice guy never hurts you, but in Bonds's case, I don't think him being a, you know, not being the greatest guy to the writers is the reason he's not in. Why didn't you punch the ticket for Vlad Guerrero? I, I just have this is I have two basic ways of voting. Stick with me, Mister Harmon. Okay? I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's Stick go. With me. Number one, if you have one of these three magic numbers, three thousand hits. 500 home runs or 300 wins, you get my vote automatically. I don't even need to look at your career. I don't need to look at your stats. Okay, so that's my first way. Number two is I believe that when you talk about guys as Hall of Famers, if we have to debate your career, you're not a Hall of Famer. Does that make sense? So Vlad to me was a debate. A lot of people okay. thought of him as, as a slam dunk. I thought of him as a debate. Can I tell the story of baseball without Vlad Guerrero? Well, you've never seen anybody low ball hitting and, and hitting things on a bounce. Nobody was ever. No, I, I, I got that. But I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, and then people will talk about 
you know, Edgar Martinez and, and, and Big Poppy. There's a big difference between those two. Sure. Big Poppy had 500 home runs. Big Poppy had 3,000 hits. Right? Didn't he get 3,000? Mm-hmm. I think he did. Yeah, well, it comes down to this. If Edgar's getting and in, also I, I want World more. Series, you know, it's also well, I'm, I'm going to start stumping for getting Harold Baines back on the ballot <laughs> if Edgar gets in. But well, go ahead, Rob. But, but, you, but, you, but you see, my point is is that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you've you got to have what, what's your hook? What do you have? Even with people, Trevor, Trevor Hoffman, to me, should have got in on the first ballot. For whatever reason, baseball writers don't appreciate uh, closers. Some people think, oh, they just got to get three outs. It's a really tough job. And he was the first guy to 500 saves, first guy to 600 saves. There are only two pitchers in the history of the game to get over 600 saves, Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman. I think that that counts for something. Well, I'll, I'll go this way, though, with you, Rob, though. I think you could tell the story of baseball without Tri- Chipper Jones. I mean, if you could tell the story without Vladimir Guerrero, you could tell the story without Chipper Jones. And I disagree. 97% of the votes. He was a part of one a team that won how many how many divisions in a row? I mean, the, the Atlanta Braves during that time dominated baseball. He was a part of that, and they won. I, I don't know how many years he was actually fifteen out of sixteen. Chipper Jones was a big part of that. So I think that you you can't discount the Atlanta Braves and their dominance in that team that had Chipper Jones. No, and no, wait a minute. All the fame. No, no, hold on though. You just. Went after his guy. I'm, I can't believe I'm actually defending Bayheim at this point. <laughs> but you just went after him for a career and only having one title. And then you got Bobby Cox standing over here who has now, Hall of Famer minute, after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. But you didn't hear me endorse Bobby Cox because I no. don't think Bobby Cox. I don't think I'm with you on Bobby Cox because when you have three Hall of Fame pitchers on one staff and you win one World Series, that is totally underachieving. He's uh. He's two steps away from Marv Levy. I mean, and, oh, and, and whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marv's a nice man. What are you doing? <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of your ballot, you, you put it up on, on, uh, on the website. We, we talked about it a couple minutes ago. You voted for Bonds. You voted for Clemens. You voted for Sammy Sosa. Uh, yes, because I, they, they hit those magic numbers that we're talking about. And I also voted for Gary Sheffield, who has over 500 home runs. Because I think that it's unfair. Here, here's my biggest argument. It's unfair to just look at those guys and say that they should be punished and they shouldn't be in, but no one is trying to take away the Yankees World Series that were won with players who, who used it. The Yankees get to keep their World Series. Joe Torre got to go in the, in the Hall of Fame, right, with players who, sure. who used steroids. So, so the organization doesn't get punished. The manager doesn't get punished. Same thing. Tony La Russa, he had Mark, Mark, Mark McGuire, and he had uh, Jose Canseco, correct? And, and he got into the Hall of Fame. So nobody is saying that those numbers or those wins or those championships aren't blemished for other people to share in, but you're going to say that the players who played are the ones who should be the only ones punished, and I don't think it's right. And and when I look in the record book, I know Barry Bonds is the all-time home run king. There's no asterisk. There's no uh, parentheses in the number of home runs he hit before steroids, after steroids. He just has the number in there. Baseball counts those numbers. So if you're going to count those numbers, you have to let those guys in because they're a part of baseball history. The Hall of Fame 
will never be complete without, without guys like Bonds and Clements uh, being involved. Those two guys are some of the greatest players who ever played the game. And if people don't think so, they're, they're misguided. Those guys were great before steroids, and they were, they were great after steroids. They were great players. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob Parker FS1. That's at Rob Parker FS1, Fox Sports One analyst. You see him on Undisputed. Hear him here on the weekends on Fox Sports Radio. The website is theshadowleague.com. As Rob explains his Major League Baseball Hall of Fame ballot and why he will vote for Noah Syndergaard first ballot when he comes up. Well, in this next twelve days, as you counted it off on your pan to hands, Jason Smith, he's going to be talking about the loat. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rob. <laughs> All right, you got it, we'll talk to you soon. See you, Rob. Hey, guys, thanks so much. Be good, Rob. Great stuff from Rob Park. Of course, you can hear him right here on Fox Sports Radio, 5 to 8 p.m. on Saturdays. We'll have more on this, more on the breakdown of the Hall of Fame coming up in a minute. But first, a guy who would be in any Hall of Fame. Thank you. Because they would allow him to buy a ticket to get in. Ugh. He is Tom Looney with What's Trending. <laughs> Some guy in a tie. From the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, announced Wednesday that these four guys will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame this summer. Trevor Hoffman, Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, welcome to the Baseball Hall of Fame. We've got one game left in the NBA. Staples Center, downtown Los Angeles, corner of 11th and Figueroa. That's the Clippers and Celtics going at it. Pull up. Contested jumper, and he drains it, the three. Over Wallace, who hadn't seen anything like that. That's a highlight where he hits a three. Contested jumper, and he drains it, the three. Over Wallace, who hadn't seen anything like that. The he three from Sean Grande. 98.5 FM, the Sports Hub in Boston, end of the third with the Celtics in front of the Clippers. 91-77, one upset in college basketball. Where were you when you heard this? Unranked South Carolina. Upsets number 20, Florida, 77-72. And now more great sports talk into the night with Jason Smith and Michael Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, Mr. Looney. As always, appreciate it. I always enjoy it. Big fan. Thanks. (laughs) We're live from the Geico Studios. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. So Rob talked about not being able to tell the story of baseball without certain guys, which is a great criteria for Hall of Fame. Can you tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds, without Roger Clemens? Probably not. You can tell the story of baseball without Chipper Jones. The Bra- He was great. The Braves had a great pitching staff. You know, Obviously, you know, with Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin, you know, you won a lot. And Steve Avery, you won a lot of divisions on the backs of those three guys or on the arms of those three guys. But when it comes to Bonds and Clemens, This is my issue with Hall of Fame voters. As Rob said, look, it can help you if you have a great reputation. And he said about talked about Edgar Martinez. Reputations come in all shapes and sizes. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens have bad reputations because of steroids. Edgar Martinez's case for the Hall of Fame is bad because his position is polarizing. As a designated hitter, many people disagree with the fact that he should be a Hall of Famer because he didn't play the field. And I'm getting killed on my timeline from Mariners fans like, oh, you're ridiculous about Edgar Martinez. Hey, agree or disagree, that's a topic. You may not like that it's a topic, but it's a topic. Many voters don't like the fact that Edgar Martinez didn't play the field. 
So your argument is not with me. Your argument is with voters who want to put that spin on it, that, you know what, what he did hitting is not nearly enough because he didn't play the field. Meanwhile, other guys, who cares what they did in the field? Chipper Jones is a guy who's an all-star because he was 35 and 110 every year. No one cares what Chipper Jones did in the field. If you're a great fielder, well, certainly that would help your case if your offensive numbers are a little bit lacking. But it's not something that if you say 20 gold gloves, that just goes over people's heads. Oh, 20 gold gloves, that's great. I mean, Ozzie Smith, why do we talk about him? Because of what he did defensively. Was he a great offensive player? He was not. But he was so good defensively, you couldn't look away from it. There's nobody like that now when you talk about defense. So you look at voters who decide, I'm biased against him because of that. And that's my issue, is because now as time has gone on, you see the percentages of Bonds and Clemens going up. And guys, to me, you're either a Hall of Famer or not. And when you start off getting 20% of the vote and now you're at 55% of the vote, people are changing their votes. I get that they've taken some votes away over the past few years, so the percentages go up, but not up over a quarter. You know, you're not losing every single person that left Bonds and Clemens off their ballots. You're not doing it. People are changing their votes. Now, the exact number, I can't wait to see it because we're going to find out and get people's, uh, eventually we're going to wind up getting everybody's vote being, being publicized. But that's my issue with voters is that many have those agendas. And, you know, Rob Parker said, listen, some guys, we voted for Bonds for MVP even though he wasn't nice to us. Well, you're talking about voting for MVP. Now the Balco scandal erupts and Barry Bonds is on trial and his traitor is in prison not saying anything, so he's staying in jail because he's not going to rat out Barry Bonds. Uh, That's a bigger deal. That's a bigger deal than, boy, his hat size is now eight and he's implicate. No, no. That's a much bigger deal. Balco with Bonds and Clemens and everything went on was much bigger than what was going on during their careers. You can vote for people during their careers for stuff, but after it's over, all this stuff blows up. Yeah, you know what? I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. That's part of an agenda. And when you can say, okay, he's not a Hall of Famer, but now after a few years, okay, I let him out of my personal penalty box, I got a problem with that. No, and that's the transparency that has been voted to start with this year's Hall of Fame ballots will be a help going forward because then people who's, as you say, use the term agenda, those things will become clear. Obviously, we won't get hindsight unless we can do the exhaustive research report for each of those people that have revealed their ballots and written their thousand words or whatever in years past. But you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. You know, we we do this, Tim Raines, you're on the ballot for 15 years. You're 15 suddenly. You know what? We could push the narrative that we like and admire your stolen base total a little bit more now. Doesn't matter that it was top heavy for six or seven years was you know the bulk of what you did, and then the rest of your career you were above average in terms of getting on base, but the numbers didn't pop anymore. And look, he's a White Sox Hall of Famer, so we'll claim him as well because uh, he started calling himself Rock. About that time, but you just go through the process, and as soon as you have to really start debating guys, and I, and I brought up the Harold Baines partially in jest when we're talking about Edgar Martinez, and that some of Baines' numbers dwarf what Edgar Martinez did. Edgar Martinez was around a lot longer than I think people. It's eighteen remember, years, Edgar remember, Martinez, right? I, I think people think it was a, a more condensed mm-hmm. and and robust resume than it than it really is. Yeah, he had two huge outlier years where his batting average was over the top. 
But you you look at it and you know just in the one to one comparison with Baines, for, save nothing of David Ortiz and and his accomplishment. You just go one to one with Baines. Baines has four hundred more RBI. Batting average is lower, but he's got almost eighty more home runs, mm-hmm. <laughs> more doubles. Go go all the way through. And so it's it's interesting just which guy people decide to champion and how it floats up. And the, and for the baseball writers, it's one of those, all right, we don't have this guy named in allegations, so he's good, versus, well, name might have been thrown around a little, like, like Gary Sheffield and, and things, to where suddenly that's the be-all to end-all. Yet Jeff Bagwell's a Hall of Famer. Mike Piazza's a Hall of Famer, and there's lots of guys raising their hands, you know, wondering about their careers and and speculation, but some guys get to to skate free, and and it's always curious to hear voters discuss how they come to those conclusions. What do you got, Golden Headphones? David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer just for this alone. Summertime. Exactly. Everything's my vote. You get my vote. Come solo. I hate that song. I, I mean, I mean it. When the first time I heard it, I said, is he saying donkey nice? We're sipping on donkey nice. Sipping on donkey nice. I mean, that's not too much nights. further away from uh, horse meat. We got to bring up horse meat every horse single night, really? Um, well, you're talking about donkeys. I can't believe you didn't bring up. <laughs> the loser goes on the fire. I can't believe you didn't bring up. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Batman? Who? Uh, can I tell you, oh, by the way, yeah. Zoe's favorite part of the show, once in a while, if she's listening, like, between eight and nine. If, is like, when I talk? No, is no, no, no. She says, who's that other guy that just, you know, I can't even listen, Who? Dad. My ears bleed. No. Her favorite part of the show is when we play the Batman thing. Nice. When she's listening, she goes, Dad, I like it when you play the Batman song. <laughs> Does she know that's her mare? Uh, no, I don't think she does. I, don't, I think she just thinks it's somebody that well, then bad is, on you. is singing the Batman song. That's the mayor of Los Angeles. <laughs> Twitter and help out friends. Coming up next. Coming Go up there, buddy. Yeah. Coming up next. We have a huge story out of the NBA, Fox. Bad Wolves. Listen to this cover of Zombie. I'll tell you what. Makes I, me want to punch somebody in the face. I love the late Dolores O'Riordan's voice, one of the greatest voices in rock and roll history. But now you hear this song that you know you can get a great version of it with more of a hard thrashing version, and it's a pretty awesome version of it. Bad Wolves. Bad Wolves, that? yo. Take go. that Bad for Wolves. data. David Fisdale, you're not getting the Lakers job. It's Explain not, it to me. You're not. No, they're sticking with Luke Walton because if they fired him, it, they'd be doing what LeVar Ball wanted, so that's why he's sticking around. Yeah. Well, but then he'd immediately become a, a candidate for the head coaching job now that he wears a suit. Milwaukee's open. <laughs> you know what? Fisdale would do well in Milwaukee. He would do well. Look, he's, he, it's a, he took a small market team. They achieved. 
He would do well in Milwaukee. Yeah, but he's a warm weather guy. Uh, I'd, I'd I'd be okay in Milwaukee with Greek Freak and so I, I'd be pr- I'd you be pretty happy right there. You would cry two seconds in Milwaukee. Oh no, no. you'd he'd just have a steady Dude, stream of in, cheese on, curds man. coming in. I grew up in Syracuse. Come You've on. been out here a long time. You've gotten soft. I grew up in I Syracuse. You grew up in Staten Island. I grew up in Staten Island, Syracuse, and I vacationed in Detroit. I'm tougher than all of you guys. Please. I'm tougher than all of you guys put together. Yeah, ow, but do you wear ow, ow. do you wear khakis on vacation in Detroit? <laughs> Uh, everybody has to wear khakis in, in Detroit on vacation. It's a law. You get off the plane you if you're not wearing news. them, they hand them to you to put them on. You can have tearaway khakis as you get off the plane. You that? have to. But you actually That'd get your choice. That'd be a good promo. You get your choice, though, at, with pleats or without. That's a good promo so. at Michigan, though. Wouldn't that be good? You walk <laughs> in, you get a, a free pair of pants. <laughs> Come to Michigan, and you get a free pair of pants. I'm out. I like that. I dig that. About it's not a you. bad way. So the NBA wants to embrace gambling. Yes, they do. On Wednesday, the NBA formally requested a set of laws that could be the basis for sports leagues getting into legalized wagering on games. I'm so excited. That t- Tim, you ought to stay away from gambling. Tim. I'm it's very, still very illegal. excited. No, no, no. It. It's still illegal, Dan. Uh, an attorney for the NBA, Dan Spillane, testified in front of New York State Senate Committee today and made it clear the league is okay with gambling. They want 1% of every bet made on its games in addition to some other regulations. They want to make it easier to gamble. You can bet on smartphones, kiosks. <laughs> hey, you want to buy the cell phone? No, no, I want to go over here and make a bet. So the NBA is now ready to embrace gambling after being anti-gambling like all the other sports leagues four years. It's very complicated the way this story is because there's regulations, there's things, but just know the NBA now wants to legalize betting as long as they're getting a cut of the bets. 1% of all the bets placed on NBA, which would be a windfall of, I, I couldn't even tell you, the millions and billions That's of dollars we nice, get into. Nice taste. You know? According to the New York Daily News article, gambling in the U.S., uh, expert estimates, it's up to $200 billion dollars so you're talking about getting one percent of what of, of 25 billion a year. you're getting a billion dollars a year from gambling it's huge but while it's complicated there's two takeaways that right away from the story the nba is pushing to legalize gambling i wonder one is the nba in trouble because here's adam silver now a big initiative is we now want to get money from gambling i get the whole well we can't fight it gambling is much more regulated, and it's just we're not going to stop gambling. Gambling's only going to get bigger, so we may as well go along with it. You can't beat them, join them. And if we can get money, that's great. But this is really a reversal after so many years of saying gambling is bad. We don't want any parties. Yes, no, all the bad things that could come up. Now suddenly the NBA is okay and wants an influx of money. Is the NBA really in trouble? Are there, are, are you, have a, you have a cash flow problem in the NBA, and this is why suddenly you have this big reversal? That's a big issue. Curious, as we've watched the, the salary cap and you, you look at the TV rights and the negotiations on those, wondering if it's not part of a building a war chest for the global expansion that they've been talking about and the continued uh, growing that footprint uh, across the globe that perhaps you have a bit there or looking at the fact that the NFL is heading to Las Vegas, that perhaps there's already inroads being made there and they don't want to be left behind. So in terms of public announcements, trying to get a first mover advantage 
as it were, to get some more amenable laws on the books for themselves and that everybody else can fight for the scraps. The other thing is this. You legalize gambling, there's eventually going to be a huge scandal. Of course. Because making something easier is always going to lend to corruption. It's like, are people going to smoke pot if it's illegal? You know, a lot of people won't. But if you make it legal and I can walk down to a dispensary, hey, I might go down and buy some. What's going to happen if you legalize gambling, making it easier for people to gamble and it's not illegal? You are going to see so many scandals because interns on teams are going to go, hey, I heard Porzingis isn't going to play tonight. That's that's going to hit in about a half hour when Jeff Hornacek has this press conference. I'm going to bet and I'm going to take the Warriors and lay the points right now before the point spread really changes. You're going to see scandals like that where people with inside information are going to wind up gambling ahead of time before things are said. Frostburg's going to lay money before the inactives of the Chargers get out. You, oh, wow, Gates isn't playing well. Here we well, go. Well, he's going to do that, and people are making these moves already, Jason. Erroneous. Uh, I will and, never do that. Well, and then and then he'll be betting the over-under on the Keenan Allen stat line. <laughs> Twitter at Alvada Fresta. Coming up next, hey, big news on the Super Bowl, speaking of gambling, out of Las Vegas. This is Fox Sports Radio. Final hour of the show, live Yay. from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. On our television sets in front of us right now, we're about to watch Apollo Creed fight Ivan Drago. It's not going to go well for Apollo, but we will watch anyway. Patriotism had set the line erroneously. <laughs> uh, but, TJ, sentimentality, patriotism. More on the Patriots and the Eagles in a minute. Uh, but first, this is the tweet of the night by far. Oh, okay. Good. I, I mean, there's lots of great mean tweets we're getting. Well, you got to have a few of those. This by far is the best. Nashville Danny has just tweeted at us, all in capitals, saying, Y'all have to take my call. I just ran into LeVar Ball. I'm Danny in Tennessee. That's next level right there. Is, hang on. Did Tennessee get moved to Lithuania sometime in the last... 24 hours. Welcome how, to Lithuania. How far away is... Welcome to Lithuania. Welcome how, to Lithuania. How, I'm a little curious. How far away... Basketball. How how long of a flight is from Tennessee? Can you fl- even fly into Tennessee from Lithuania? I don't know. Let's I take a look, shall we? You probably have to change in Milwaukee. And Jason Kidd will then drive you. Uh, He's got time. Um, it, it, I, I, of all the places LeVar Ball would be... Lithuania is where he is. I, I don't see how he would come back to the states and go to Tennessee, though. I don't. I, I, well, I don't see, see that. So we can let's take a weekend but flight. Danny, Nashville, you Danny, can't fly there direct from L.A. Ran, Nashville, Danny ran into. Oh, I just want to see how many connections somewhere in Tennessee. Is there now a Lavar Ball impersonator? I mean, that would be next level. If there was a LeVar Ball yeah. impersonator. You didn't know that? That was that, the guy in the suit yesterday. Oh! Yeah, you know, it was not a big baller brand suit. It was before, in a suit. They, they showed out nicely, though. No BBB on it. A lot it. of points. But big ball is chicken. If there's, if there's a LeVar Ball impersonator in Nashville, we got to hear from him. I mean, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. If you are Le- Actually, if you're a LeVar Ball impersonator anywhere. That's pretty good. I'd, I'd want to I'd hear from Probably make a you. decent living if you're loud enough yeah. and you... you Perfected the Vince McMahon walk. I mean, a guy did well enough to be a Pau Gasol 
Yeah, no, that was a good. He had a good run too. Yeah, he's, he's talented. I mean, that's pretty good. He had a good. He run. He once got me outside of Staples Center. <laughs> I love how the Pau Gasol guy dresses like Pau Gasol, like on on the Lakers. He'd wear his uniform, socks, and sneakers. We're walking around. I remember seeing him at a bar one night, and he's just there having drinks. I'm getting up, going to the bathroom, coming back. Hey, are you the Palgasol guy? Yeah, it's me. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it's pretty wow. interesting. No, absolutely. We've got to have those dig kind that. of things and see if we can monetize it. It's great. Uh, I also like that LeVar Ball apparently in Tennessee, and you can't find a way to get to Tennessee to Lithuania. In, uh, we're, you're on the internet. Stay in your lane. You have DSL capable speed. You, like, you've not you know, I'm still interacting with you trying to do a live radio show I know, while but, I'm clickety clacking about Vilnius, Lithuania, <laughs> and trying to sell me I, travel no, no, packages. No, doesn't matter. Just landing at the main airport, it doesn't matter. We'll take a cab to Lithuania. We'll ride a horse to get to you know the city. All right. So if I wanted to, <laughs> yeah, I can get you to. <laughs> this is great. We can go from Vilnius to Tennessee in like three steps. Okay, land sea. You go to there? yeah, you go to Helsinki, and then you go oh, from go Helsinki, to Helsinki to New York, and then you go from New York to Nashville. I say Geneva. You hear Helsinki? <laughs> yeah, but Ray, if you want to fly Qantas, you got to get on a plane to Australia. If you want to fly to Los Angeles, fifty million Deutschmarks, Bob. <laughs> Oh, I dig that. That's funny. Now that's funny. That total trip would take us. Uh, I'm starting with British Airways, uh, about 20 hours. Okay, on all three stops: Inclu- Lithuania, Tennessee, yeah, including our layovers right. and everything. And, and the first thing Lavar Ball did back in the states was land in Tennessee, and wanted wanted to go mm-hmm. put his spin on that all hot right. chicken that everybody tries to tell you you, you got to eat. Maybe he wanted to go for barbecue. Maybe. Tennessee's great barbecue maybe, place. Maybe he's a big country music fan. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's a big Marcus Mariota fan. Never know. Could be. Yeah. Uh, but a big story now surrounding the Super Bowl. It's come out in the last 20 minutes. Usually you don't get breaking news this late at night. but Not good news anyway. Uh, early betting on the Super Bowl has been about even. Same amount of people, give or take, have been waging money legally on the Eagles as have been wagering money on the Patriots. However, that is no longer the case. On Wednesday, a better placed a, quote, multi-million dollar bet on the Eagles. This now it went to, up to $3 billion. This according to MGM Sportsbooks in Las Vegas. The exact amount wasn't revealed, nor was this guy's identity, but he is someone that the casinos know and and have dealt with in the past. So now Vegas is heavy Eagles, and now the line has gone from 5.5 to 4.5 points. Patriots favored in the Super Bowl. So suddenly now everybody, or well, guys with a lot of money, love the Eagles. Wasn't known whether it's a uh, point spread bet, straight line, money line bet. That's not, but this bet, multi-million dollars on the Eagles. It's an interesting story that gets floated out. Obviously, those as soon as we start talking about large two-comma bets, it, it becomes, all right, we need to get make sure this is properly sourced mm-hmm. and that it's coming from reputable. Because every once in a while, people just start throwing out 
hey, there's a bunch of big money floating around. There's really not any big money, but they got want to get some action and get some excitement and have a headline or two on it, maybe to spur some action uh, along the way. I like that. But in this, at this point, we're waiting on the Gronkowski injury notes. We assume there's nothing wrong with Tom Brady's thumb, so unless he gets run into again, and if I'm the Patriots, I play that up every which way I can. Oh, you got to hit again. <laughs> Another one of those gadget plays. What are you, you going to do? Bad things occurred. But you're looking at a spread that has, has dipped the point, point and a half already. Be interesting to watch over these next 11-plus days, you know, where that line truly does settle in at as you roll through. Because as we know, the Patriots don't exactly blow teams out. Win play methodical football, but every one of their Super Bowls comes down to the wire. Meanwhile, speaking of the Super Bowl, Eagles defensive tackle Fletcher Cox is getting ready to play in the Super Bowl. When he was asked about the Super Bowl today, he said he's never watched the Super Bowl. Ever. Come on. One of the many Eagles players who met with the media on Wednesday, he was asked, hey, what are some of your favorite memories or moments from Super Bowls in the past? And he said, quote, nah, man, you know, I don't really watch football. You know that. Not even the Super Bowl? Nah, I don't watch sports. You know that. Not any of them. No, I don't watch sports. I tell you that all the time. So Fletcher Cox has never watched a Super Bowl. (laughs) Here's the part I believe, before I get into something I would love to do one day, but it would be impossible. Do I believe he's never watched one live? Yeah, I could see that. I could see, you know what? I'm, I, if I'm not playing in the, in the sporting event, it's hard to watch the championship. If I'm in it, I don't find that to be a priority, and then I'm not doing it. Now, younger did was did he probably watch Super Bowl when he was eight, nine years old? And maybe doesn't remember. What? Yeah, I'm sure he did. But as you know, in college, NFL, I can believe that. But I guarantee he's watched tape of the Super Bowl. I guarantee he's watched tape or will watch tape of Tom Brady this week, looking at the Super Bowl from last year compared to this year. I guarantee he's going to watch tape of that. So technically, he is going to wind up watching, but just sitting and watching the Super Bowl, I can I, I can believe that when people say they I, don't. I, I don't at all. I mean, I I know there's a percentage of, of athletes in each sport, and we've talked to a few along along the way. And like, look, this was a means to an end, and and they're not passionate about it. And certainly, if they're not involved or being forced to watch game tape, they're they're not in. I I don't know that you've avoided a Super Bowl all these years of your life. I think it becomes a better story and you become a headline. So you take the indignant route like he did glaring at (laughs) reporters for asking the question and then doing the follow-up of really, because it's so incredulous. There's so many people that couldn't care less about the event at all, save the commercials, the puppy bowl Mm -hmm. and whoever's performing at halftime. Yet they sit and they quote tolerate, unquote, the game (laughs) along the process. This is what I would love to do. But doing what I do for a living and what you and I do, it would be impossible. But I'd love to do this. Let's hear it. There's a group of people that have a high stakes bet every year. Who is the last person standing that doesn't know who won the Super Bowl? Right? So and it's on the honor system because you you know people when they find out they say, Hey, I found out or whatever. But they have a bet who the last person is that doesn't know who won the Super Bowl. So you have to go through your normal life not knowing who won the Super Bowl. Can you get six degrees of separations to a Sherpa? 
Uh, I no, 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 no. He no, might no. not know. No, no. This is not like you know. I'm going to go live on a mountain in Tibet and not know who won the Super Bowl. No, this is people who go through their normal life, you know, doing whatever they do for a living and and like. This is like know, Seinfeld's yeah, no, the this, contest you know, is where in, this is heading. You're, you're in civilization, you know. You're in civilization, but the object is to not find out who won the Super Bowl. And so many people say, "Listen, no, no, no. Talk about, it, talk about, it, talk about, it, talk about it," and they try to see if they can be the last person standing. And the last every year I read the update on it, like when when it's over, and it usually is it sometime in like May, you know, when finally it's oh it happened. The New York Times does a thing on it every year, and the guy who came in second almost won last year. The guy lost because he taped a special on the Animal Planet, so he taped a special on a TV station somehow that he wanted to watch. Maybe not Animal mm-hmm. Planet, but he taped a special, and you know as he was watching it. They put up a uh, a crawl on the bottom of the screen about a story about somebody. Somebody did something, and it was you know, maybe it was Tom Brady about it. But it said, and blah 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 blah. You know, Giselle Bunchen did this interview on 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 and on on to the Today Show about her Super Bowl winning husband Tom Brady, the Patriots, saying something. And so that's how they found out because ah, okay. the show they taped had it on the bottom of the screen. They avoided it for like months, and and they just happened to see it. And so he said, hey. I just found out, so this person won. I'd love to do that one year. Find it, just not know who won this and see how long I could go. I've got a way for you to win the contest. Oh, okay. This is going to wind up being something to do with the Jets, but go ahead. No, nothing to do with the Jets. Really? At all, okay. They're nowhere near Super Bowl Sunday. Right, right. Well, okay, sure. You get Manfred, Commissioner Manfred, uh-huh. to start the Mets season on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> You won't know till September. If you guaranteed me the Mets get a win every day, that I, I don't can't know. Do. No, no. If you could guarantee me a win, as long as I don't one that win day, during the season, no, 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 that I can do. All right, well, that's good. You could probably guarantee me forty at least. But if you guaranteed uh, me, I'd take the under every day. Stop. You win. Everybody wins 40 games. <laughs> uh, if you guaranteed me the Mets would get a win every day that I don't find out who won the Super Bowl, that I could pro- that I don't wonder how long I could go for that. You're getting a win every Met, day. Met, Mets are 32 and 0. Go forever. Are you Mets kidding are 32 me? That's and 0. easy. I don't know. But then but no, but Frostburg would he he'd knock on my door in the morning and I would say, who is it? And he would go, Candy Graham. I was like, nope. <laughs> Delivery. Nope. Amazon. Oh hey, Amazon's here. Oh, and he would hold up a sign saying, Patriots won. See, I like that you did that bit. I, I helped Land with a hands-on art project earlier that was a, a seascape kind of thing. Wait, you're in the Happy Hands Club? Is it what you I say? I don't know what that means. Hands-on art oh, it's program. It's Dynamite, the Happy Hands Club, it's really? Been, it's you know been know? a while. It's yeah, been. It's It's been a while it's since been. I've gone down the Napoleon Dynamite. I watch Uncle Rico clips, but exclusively him. It's been. Stop it. <laughs> Go ahead. You're talking about the Happy Hands Club. Well, right? but just the idea that <laughs> they're drawing, you know, put a whale in the water and do all this other and someone starts drawing a figure on the, this what's supposed to be the sand. I go, land shark? And they just... <laughs> a couple of kids like, that'd be kind of cool. And then one of them drew land shark. Land shark. <laughs> Twitter and how about a fresca? The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 12 days till the Super Bowl. And already... Bill Belichick is really pissed off. How pissed off? Well, you'll find out next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Oh. 
Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. I'm going to eat that ass up. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. You know, for everybody who always says to me on Twitter, oh, you think you're so funny. Uh, you know, Apollo, you, know, you shouldn't fight that dragon. Oh, you think you're so funny. You laugh at your own jokes. Well, I, I, I'm, I don't laugh at my own jokes. I laugh at something that either you say or Tyshirt plays or Frostberg says. It's funny. Now, there's oftentimes, you pull the curtain back, things you may get in your ear from executive producer Justin Frostberg that doesn't come across the airwaves Yes, that you are sometimes, responding yes. to. Sometimes and, I can't say it on the air, <laughs> No, but it is funny. Can't do it. Exactly. It's not like I say, hey, a man walks into a bar and says, hey, what's he doing with that pig under your arm? And he says, that's not a pig, that's a duck. And the bartender says, I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to the duck. <laughs> wait, wait, you didn't like that? I mean, you know. That was next like level. That. It's not like I do that. Very cere- cerebral. Yeah. So I guess what people are saying is, you know, we criticize me. They don't think that you and Frostberg and Teichert are very funny. I think that's really kind of uh, what they're saying. I'm, that's what it is. I'm, I'm sorry about it. Or they're that. misremembering. Well, for everybody's <laughs> I think information. He misremembers. A lot of people think we are very I'll funny. I'll have to work on my stand up. Yeah, work on sorry that. Sorry I bit. let you down, America. Yeah, you yeah. know, that is something I. I Put out as a goal for 2018. You and you and Blake Griffin, Frostberg, work on some kind of dual stand-up. And Gronk, too. Get him involved in that. Blake Griffin, hey, a bit salty tonight. He was teed up in the game against the Celtics as he fired the ball about halfway down the court towards mm-hmm. the official who didn't bend to pick it up. And then he was seen mouthing the words, wait, I got to pay money because you can't blank and catch. <laughs> you. <laughs> nice. Uh, there are only Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Today's Friday. Sunday. No, it's not. Stop screwing me up. It's not Friday. There are only 12 days, or there's still 12 days until the Super Bowl. 12 shopping days and left already, for gluttony. Bill Belichick is pissed off. Good. He's ornery. He's upset. I hate that song. Today, we find out officially Rob Gronkowski in concussion protocol and... That is his official injury report designation. So he's got to go through everything and get cleared if he's going to play in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. So Bill Belichick, of course, has asked this in his press conference on Wednesday. And as you could probably guess by now, Belichick did not want to talk about Gronk's status. Can you give us an update on uh, Rob Gronkowski? Has he finished his concussion protocol? Do you expect him to play? Yeah, we'll be compliant with the NFL injury report, and when that's required, we'll put it on there. When is that process completed, finished? When's what process finished? The concussion report, <laughs> the... Uh... Whatever the, whatever his situation is, whatever his status is, that we'll put it on the injury report. We'll make sure you're the first one to get it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Do you expect yeah, him to not, play? not a problem. Do you expect him to play? We'll, we'll put it right on the injury report, and that's what we're going to do. Okay. Just like everybody else does. Well, make sure you're first on the list, too, Stacey. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't want to hold anything back here. Get that out there right I know, away. I know. I know you don't. I'll overnight it to you. Make sure you get it. You know, check your mail. It's going to come in first. <laughs> like we said, just like everybody else does, like, pff, you believe these crazy questions I get from reporters? They have the temerity to ask me something that's completely out of bounds. That was wrong. Like, hey, how's Gronk? Uh, you know, be, make sure you're the first one to get it. Unfortunately, I, I think it's just one of those, it becomes a checkbox kind of question. 
that he feels you shouldn't bother asking because you know they're not going to answer it. Mm-hmm. Not that he's always necessarily forthcoming to the other 97% of questions that come his way. But certainly an injury, one, two, three, four. What did you decide? 11 or 12, depending on the time zone. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Today's Friday. Stop! It's not! And <laughs> pushing the narrative, advancing uh, the, the narrative here. Um, that Asking this question, you know you're not getting anything of s- substance. No. So why ask it, I think, is where Belichick is coming in here. Going, you know, I'm going to give. This is like the 53 man roster. Listen, Fifteen years, right? Fifteen years have been doing this. Have I ever said anything about an injury? No. So be smarter, you jerk. No, but this becomes another one of those little vignettes for the web series. I want to do <laughs> a Bill Belichick explains the rules. Oh, and okay. And so we had the how many guys play and how many are active. You can have an episode right? that goes eight seconds and one that goes 25 minutes. No, that's the beauty of it is you don't know when you sit down what you're going to get. And we'll try to do it on Facebook Live so that it's a very quick response and we can rival the, those high school showcase games uh, with the Ball Brothers in terms of reach in no time flat. I, I think it would be something that would work quite well. Here's what I'd like to see. Did you say quite well? This something that would work quite well? <laughs> what I would like to see with Belichick and Popovich, remember we had Greg Popovich last night was asked, Hey, what'd you tell LeBron after the game was over? LeBron scored his 30,000th point. He says, none of your business. Next question. Like, oh my goodness, how dare you ask me an out-of-bounds question like that? Reporters should all look at each other and go, okay, Belichick's being a jerk, being a jerk, jerk, Pop being a jerk, being a jerk. And every question the rest of the press conference from a different reporter is the same question that was just asked. What's the signal? That they kind of that, look at each other and nod. No, like, but you know, that the game is afoot. Uh, all right. Finger to the nose. Okay. Finger to the nose. All right, go ahead, you in, in, in the back. What, what if you want to wave it off and ask a different question? <laughs> I'm sorry, I want to I want to get made fun of for asking a different question to Belichick. I'm, I'm going to go down a different path because everybody's going to have the answer to the question you asked. I just, I just gave you that answer. Uh, you know, let's go to you in the back. Let me come to this yeah. from a different yeah, Bill, direction. Bill, let me ask you, what about Gronk's status for Sunday? And I really just answered that. I find, uh, in, John in the back? In the, uh, <laughs> champ in the front. We got it right there. <laughs> Uh, you in the front. Yeah, Bill, what about, uh, hang on, hang on, let me, hang on a second. What about uh, Rob Gronkowski's status for Sunday? Oh, Mike, I can't believe this. Uh, right, you, you in the side right here. What, what, what do you got for me? Uh, Bill, I want to ask you about Tom Brady. All right. No, I'm just kidding. What's Gronk's status for Sunday? <laughs> I want to see all of that happen. You know, you're going to be, now we, we're going to throw it right back at you and just keep asking you the same question. And it's just have you you want to answer it the way you want? We can you know, you can't tell us what questions to ask. As long as we stay in the in the realm and, and inside the lines about what's viable at you know during a uh you know during a press conference, why, why should I sit here and have you just make fun of me? No, I just think when you look at Belichick, he's decided you all should know the timeline leading. I mean, we've been here often enough because this becomes a Super Bowl swagger kind of moment as well. Look, I got a whole week. I don't have to answer anything substantively at all. I'll talk to you next Wednesday when I'm forced to put out the release. Let's tape that one now. Episode two of Bill <laughs> Tells You the Rules. When do I have to give out my first injury report? <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Coming up in one minute, we'll tell you exactly why the guys who got into Cooperstown today 
got into Cooperstown. One thing they all share in common. We want to know. But first, a man who's been to Cooperstown many times. Yes, the 518. Shout, shout out, 518. Even paid his way a couple of times. <laughs> He's Tom Looney with What's Trending. There's a lame cliche in sports casting. It's called a statement game, but I would never use it. But if I did... I'd say that Andre Drummond of the Detroit Pistons had a statement game tonight. He's upset about not being on the NBA All-Star teams. So he went out tonight and scored 30 points and had 24 rebounds, but he's still a loser as Pistons lost to the Jazz 98-93. Last NBA game of the night just ended in Los Angeles. Lakers and Clippers. The final seconds tick down and the Celtics. No. Clippers and Celtics. How about the final that? seconds tick there down, and the Celtics bounce back on the second night of the back-to-back without Al Horford, without Marcus Smart, and they win this one going away. The final score, Boston 113, L.A. 102. with the call, 98.5 FM, the sports hub in Boston. One upset in college basketball, unranked South Carolina. Panhandled Limber 20, Florida 77-72. Some guy in a tie from the Baseball Hall of Fame, Cooperstown, New York. Announced Wednesday night that these four guys will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Trevor Hoffman, Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey. Welcome to the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's a good thing he didn't say Vladimir Guerrero. That would have upset Jason Smith. Now we now forge forth into the night with two guys who will hopefully one day be in the Radio Hall of Fame next to Jack Buck and Studs Terkel and Pialine. Jason Smith and Michael Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Mucho gusto, Thomas Looney. No problema. Did you say we're in the Hall of Fame next to Pia Zadora? No, uh, Pialine. Pialine. Oh, oh, uh, he got inducted last year along with Charlie right. Steiner. I thought you said Pia Zadora. No, Pialine. Pialine. Charlie Steiner's in the Hall of Fame. Yes, in the Radio Hall of Fame along with Delilah, Neil Bortz, and Abbott and Costello can as I, well. Can I give you my Charlie Steiner impression reading a highlight as a sports center anchor? Yes, You're yes, right sure. Since 1900, we've had 15 presidents, 16 vice presidents, and 31 secretaries of state. Tuesday, the Dodgers were in Philadelphia. (laughs) That's Charlie Steiner. That's totally Charlie Steiner. (laughs) Hall of Famer Charlie Steiner. Exactly. Thanks, buddy. That's award-winning. We're live from the Geico Studios. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out what you could save on auto insurance. Before we get to the Hall of Fame, as Tom Looney just said, you just heard in the update, the Celtics tonight played without Marcus Smart in their game against the Clippers. The reason Marcus Smart missed the game, which the Celtics won 113-102, is because he cut his hand on a glass at the team hotel earlier this afternoon. When Brad Stevens was asked about this before the game, he said, we're out, Marcus Smart is out tonight, he cut his hand on the glass, we're investigating what happened. Now, That's a pretty interesting way to say something. Not knowing what this deal is now. It could wind up being something very benign. It's just, oh, you know, I cut my hand in the glass. But that's an interesting thing to say, to say investigating. You know, normally you don't say, yeah, he cut his hand in the glass. Uh, We're figuring things out. It's bad. He'll be back tomorrow. No, we're investigating. When you say we're investigating, that implies something wrong happened, something bad happened. Something untoward. We got a fight. Yes. And we We got to figure out what it is. Fight over a room service bill. Yes. Maybe a little backyard wrestling (laughs) gone wrong. (laughs) Backyard wrestling gone wrong. Hey, you know when I maybe IT- a card game turned ugly. I, I don't know. When it four was here, we used to wrestle all the time. Kyrie doesn't go for it. Maybe he was fighting AJ Hinch in the Dina, yo. Oh, I would take AJ Hinch in the Dina. AJ Hinch, World Series champion. AJ Hinch. 
I don't know why I'm just doing like twos. <laughs> I have like it's a sign. no idea I'm what you're doing. Sign, like it's my sign. That was odd to say the least. <laughs> I just make it my sign. Yeah, but that, that's not even a sign. I, I don't saw, even know what that saw, is. That's not two fingers together. Like you know, I don't know what that is. What tie shirt? You're, you put you're, up an L. Loser. Tie shirt. You're young. <laughs> what, what does it mean when when you put like two fingers together like that? That's supposed to like show dominance. I'm oh, okay. Assuming. Is and, it uh, dominance? Yeah, I didn't get that from you. When All right, you, did that, you so. didn't get that. Like like a dominance. Like yo, I'll take that quinoa and I, shove it. You know where? I thought you were ordering two more of something. So. Oh. I, mean, I want two more orders of quinoa, two more orders of kale. That's what I want. Extra cheese is two dollars. That's what quinoa means in English. Shoved already. Uh, do you have any quinoa Allen stance? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> quinoa is delicious. <laughs> and TJ quinoa, especially with kale. So, oh, yeah, a little bit. You, yeah. can, you can mix them in. Can you yeah. roll quinoa in kale? Can you do that? Yeah, you can why, also why Ralph you? right afterwards. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll why, why we got to go after Ralph? Irvin? No, 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 no. I mean, what no, do we go? No, we're going to Ralph's supermarket to get donuts after. To donuts? Yes. And an empty U band. Late jar. night donuts at Ralph's. I like what you're thinking. Yeah, you like that, huh? I mean, I'm going to have to Hell do that. Yeah. I stop at Ralph's on the way home. So we find out the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is going to, or Professional Baseball Hall of Fame is going to induct four new members this year, Chipper not two, Jones, not three. Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, and, and Trevor Hoffman. his name Hoffman. is John Cena! John Cena's not getting it. Although, you want to hear a story? So at soccer practice tonight, yep. uh, we're getting ready. With, you know, This is the big All-Star weekend. I got all the girls around me, and we're getting ready before the game. And I said, all right, now the key to this game Saturday is going to be we have to worry about one person. And I was going to... I was going to say... And his gonna, name is John Cena! Right. I was going to say, we He's have to worry about what, our, what each of us is doing. No. Batman. I was going to say, we have to worry about one person. They would say, who would I would say? We have to worry about what each of us is doing and not worry about somebody else. But instead, when I say we have to worry about what each of us is, what one person is doing, one of the girls says, who's that? And I said, his name is John Cena. And his name is John Cena. <laughs> and one of the girls goes, the wrestler? Why do we have to worry about John Cena? <laughs> because I want you to be play so lightning fast, so lightning quick, that you're walking around waving your hand going, you can't see me. You can't see me just like John Cena. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, Jim Tomey, Vladimir Guerrero, Chipper Jones, all going into the Hall of Fame. What do they all have in common besides great play? You saw Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones is a great player, but really 97% of the vote for Chipper Jones. Also, Jim Tomey got a much higher percentage of the vote than people expected. Can I say this about the Chipper Jones percentage of votes for a moment real quick? Yeah. He goes into the theory that first ballot, let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. Which is good, right? Whether you believe, you know, ninety-seven percent, it becomes the breakdown of wow, should he have gotten that high? And you're talking about all time, and and who's that top five with him, and, and all time greatness? You know, the Nolan Ryan ballots or whatever else, George Brett. But I like it. It's one of those. There's no debate by the baseball writers. Uh, yeah. There's nothing to say. Hey, <laughs> we're holding this guy back. Vote him in and be done. But why this this much? It's a lot. I, I get it. Look, he's a Hall of Fame player. Chipper Jones was. All these guys were. Jim Tomey, so you can't get over 600 home runs. can't get over Vladimir Guerrero's era of dominance. And Pixar but, made a movie about him, and now but, a sequel's coming out. But especially Guerrero stands for this entire group. 
Because Guerrero, you look at his stats and go, because look, for me, Guerrero, 10 years, he was one of the top three hitters in Major League Baseball. You couldn't get him out. He could hit a home run on a ball down the middle or one, of, uh, you know, six inches off the ground. And you couldn't run on him. Once he started realizing where to throw the baseball, you couldn't run on him. Once he the was accuracy good. improved, yes. But his stats, clearly, there's other guys with similar stats that have had more trouble getting in, but here's Vladimir Guerrero getting in. Everybody universally likes Vladimir Guerrero. There's nobody that said, I don't like him. We liked his style of play. It was unique. we never seen a player like him. And he played for teams that were difficult to root against because it was the Expos who don't exist and the Angels who people go, oh, yeah, the Angels. And then you widen it out and you go, okay, well, that was the same thing with Trevor Hoffman because he played for the Padres and they stunk all the time. Jim Tomey had a phenomenal reputation because during the steroid era, his name was never involved. And Chipper Jones had a great length of excellence for a long time. The only trouble he ever got, and I can remember, is a couple of years ago he got into it with a guy on Twitter that wanted to fight him, and he said, meet me here at you know North McDonald's. I'll be in the parking lot, and we'll fight. That's the only thing I ever saw from him. When you enjoy that kind of reputation, and think of it from the voters now, you get that benefit of the doubt on some people. Well, do you go in on the first ballot? Do I hold you back? Do I vote for you at all? Where do I put you on my ballot? If you have a good reputation and there's nothing that's polarizing you, that helps you. And if you think it doesn't, I'm sorry, it does. Rob Parker even told us last hour on the show, he's been a Hall of Fame voter for a long time. It helps you. It helps you if you have that. It doesn't mean you're getting in or not getting in, but it helps you getting more votes. Why Chipper Jones at 97%. Take a guy like Edgar Martinez. And when I say reputation can come in all shapes and sizes, sometimes it's Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, who it's about Balco and PEDs, and that reputation's bad. But because Edgar Martinez is a designated hitter, that is polarizing among a lot of voters. He fell short again this year. And look, David Ortiz is going to wind up getting in because he was the best designated hitter that we've ever seen. But still, people who want Edgar Martinez are going to have to realize that that's a polarizing thing. His position is polarizing. You can disagree with it, but it's polarizing for voters. There are voters who are going to hold him back because he didn't really play the field. So when you don't have anything that's making a voter think, well, I can vote against you for this, instead of just saying, here's what you did on the field and here's your accomplishments, that's always going to help you. You Look at the, look at the reputation. Craig Biggio was not a great, great all-time player, but he played for a long time and he had 3,000 hits and he had a great reputation. So, boom, he gets into the Hall of Fame. It it helps you. When you have that kind of rep, it helps. No, well, that's just it. You're also curating a museum. And that and that's one of the things where I always get a bit upset. Upset being the wrong word, perhaps. But when we start talking about why certain high achievers should be left out, Bonds, Clemens, etc. And we can go through the rogues gallery of guys in the in the Hall of Fame, and and the stories are are well traveled, some uh, embellished along the way, but certainly not exactly, you know, a, a bunch of uh, choir boys in. And mm. at this point, with many of those players that didn't get in, you've got nothing but allegations. But in this day and age, you're also you're you're still looking for positive stories, right? So all four of these players go in either through their background or what they accomplished or where they accomplished it, 
you've got feel-good stories going in. And don't think for a second that there isn't some of that prop-up baseball, prop-up the good guys, and make sure when we have this data in late July as football is starting training camp and, and preseason games that there aren't some some positive stories to make sure that, that that holds the news cycle. And that's the other reason you get these four guys in. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, I got a movie review for you. Nice. And, oh, boy, do we have a story out of college basketball that I, I got to say, it's shocking. I've never heard of this before, but honestly, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened before. All right. Got it for you next on Fox. I eat cookies good. (laughs) Fox Sports Radio. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. Take off your uniform. Before we get into a crazy story that I can't believe happened, but I'm surprised it hasn't happened before. I got a movie review for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What'd you see? Went to go see Proud Mary today. All right. Taraji P. Henson, Billy Brown, uh, Xander Berkeley, Neil McDonough. And I was so excited to see this movie because I said, this is going to be so much fun. Yeah. I was so excited. I'll just tell you this. Your tone does not Proud speak Mary, well on it right there. Proud Mary is 88 minutes. That's right? usually not a good sign. It felt like 188 minutes. It was so boring. It was written horribly. It was acted horribly. It's like everybody just went through the motions. I'd rather watch Phil Jackson asleep on a bus. Then watch that again. At any was, point, did Danny Glover yell, I'm too old? Oh, he looked, oh, Danny Glover. I, I mean, at some point I said, is he just reading off of cue cards? <laughs> I really, I thought Danny Glover was reading. At some point I'm like, wow, he's okay. I mean, it really was. It you, was you don't do this to many so movies or TV shows. Bad. You always find the, the good. There's a couple I, of actors and actresses no. on your list that we have on the back wall here at the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios uh, that is, you know, Toxic. Yeah. No, no, no. But I love Taraji P. Henson. I think she's talented. She's fun. And it was so boring. And it's an action movie. It's an action movie that people get shot and killed and they're assassins and all this stuff. She's a hit woman. Yes. And Just it was a boring. mere premise gets you fired up. I mean, How I dare realize, you talk about Cookie like that. I realize the John Wick movies have ruined me because they're just so incredibly awesome. Yeah, his acting is out of this world. But it doesn't matter. They do the right thing. They only give him a couple of lines. I'm the one. In this next movie, I have eight lines. You looked at my dog. I have eight. Now you're going to die. I have eight lines, and I kill 175 people. I mean, that's the ratio. And why do you spoil the dog thing? Why do you spoil people haven't seen John Wick? Who looked at his dog? The guy. Well, you just gave it away then. No, oh. you did, no, no. He actually is dead now. I mean, in real life. Now I'm doing you, Michael Myquist, the bad guy in John Wick in the first movie. See, now I'm it. all sad. Well, trust me, the John Wick movie. I got to go pour one on the Carmen. I'd, 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 I'd rather watch John Wick on my couch again, either of the movies, than go see. Then, if you paid me to go see that, oh, oh, that would take, that? I would just take a nap. I would, if I walked in, I would take a nap during prime. It was so bad and boring. I'm sorry to hear. I can't that. even tell you. Awful. Awful. I'll tell her you said that. But really, you know Taraji P. Henson? Well, the next time I'm over at the lot, you I know might Cookie? Run into her. You know Cookie? You're so She's beautiful. Kind of a big deal. Give the world a show. I said up, down, good. up, down, up, down. Said up, down, up. All right, that's from Empire. Um, 
I'm surprised this hasn't happened before, but it happened. Oklahoma. Where the wind goes whipping across the plane. Yes, yes. Oklahoma and Kansas had a big game last night. You know, Trey Young was getting a lot of publicity for playing as well as he has, uh, as well, you know, being a little bit less Trey Young and and, and passing the ball a little bit more. But Yudoka Azubuike missed some clutch free throws down the stretch for Kansas last night. Yeah, he wasn't good. And according to the Lawrence Journal World, Kansas police were called Wednesday to the dorm that houses the men's basketball team because a man kept showing up to offer free throw advice to the Jayhawks. <laughs> sure guy, was a Rick Barry. Guy was wearing, <laughs> you know, if you shoot underhanded, you'll make them all. Guy was wearing a blue and red windbreaker, Kansas colors. By the time the cops got there, he had already left. But here's the thing. The but guy had showed, showed up multiple times over the course of the day. Yeah, hey, please hey, tell me. Anybody back? see Richie? Please tell me they CC the Lakers on this. Hey, you guys back? You anybody guys? see you, Doke? Are they back yet? Are they Are they back yet? They're not back yet? Yeah, right, he's shooting not... 37.5% okay. from the line. Yeah, that's the not good. I mean, Shaq looks like, you know, Rick Barry compared to him. Yeah. But this is a guy who decided to keep coming back. You know, I got advice. I can help you guys. Like, they don't have enough coaches. I can help you guys. Again. Sometimes you need a, vo- a new voice. I've never it heard a story through. like this. But I can't believe it hasn't. I can't believe that happened at Syracuse. We haven't had free throws for 20 years it took us to finally become a, an okay free throw shooting team. But you think I could have shut up and say, listen, I hit about 70% from the line. It goes back to that discussion yeah. we were having earlier about the coaching resume of one Jim Payon. Listen, you, you know, you bounce the ball four times, you hold it, you get a good look up and in. It's what you do. Look at the front of the rim, not the back front of the rim. That's what you're doing. It was actually LeVar Ball in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> he it went from it? Tennessee to Kansas. He sure did. He did. <laughs> it's not Where's Waldo anymore. It's Where's LeVar. Can we brand that somehow? You want to play me one-on-one and shoot free throws? But then on each page, you don't know whether you're looking for <laughs> LeVar in big ball or brand gear or in a suit. It's $5 billion now. It's now gonna- it went up to $3 billion. It's going to be a free throw shooting contest, you and Lamelo, but Lamelo gets to shoot from half court. No, he just shoots from half court all the time anyway. It's where he goes. Forty footers. You shoot from he wherever. Does. Eyes open or closed? Uh, it doesn't matter. If you make him, it doesn't matter. Guy showed up, Kansas. Hey guys, I can help you. I can help you make free throws. Oh, there might be some sound advice to be had. I don't know. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. That's good, good yeah, advice. That's good, that's good advice. And as we finish up a slide over baby hour here. In the Geico Studios. For Mike Carmen, I'm Jason Smith. Twitter at How About a Fresca. My buddy Ben Maller coming up next on. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.